Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and boy, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergot for episode 28, and Sunday the 24th of January 2021. As always, I'm joined by the number one challenger for the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world and official Xbox Hall of Famer, Swinny. Yo! And the meme maker, interrupter-in-chief, PS5 background displayer, and keeper of the unopened collector editions, Mike. Hello, I have come to clean <laughs> In this week's show, we'll be discussing Microsoft hiking the price of Xbox Live Gold, people getting very unhappy about it, and then reversing course very quickly, acquisitions, 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 including some well-known Aussie devs, and Metroidvania aficionado Mike finally pops his Metroid, Super Metroid Cherry. Mike, are you maybe, allowed, oh, are you allowed to say that? Are you allowed to say that? Yes, you're allowed to say that. Are you allowed to use the C word? Yes, Terry. Are you sure? Before okay. we, we go on, because I might start with you, uh, but we'll, we'll start with corrections as we always do. Uh, Swinny, do you have some corrections? Yeah, so last week we brought up Sony's recent tendency of displaying certain things like dates and platforms in the end of trailers and then quickly modifying them. And I mentioned that it was Final Fantasy XV that they did that for with the trailer end card to remove the fact that it was coming to PC, and it was Final Fantasy XVI. So I just wanted to correct myself up. Yep. Fair enough. And Mike, what have you been playing this week? Well, we know one of them. Well, you know the main one that I've been playing? Super Metroid. Finally. An old school game from 1994. Finally. Because I, I was never... And I feel like I really missed out on a whole generation of SNES and NES games. I was, I was on PC at the time, I think. Oh, and it's just so good to, to finally play it. And I loved it. But we'll talk about it in a sec. Um, That's I my favorite the... game of all time. That's my favorite game. I know, game I know. Time. So every time I was shitting on it in, in our <laughs> chat, saying, oh, this thing's stupid. Why and then why can't it crawl? What's going why on? Why could you do this? Why can't oh, Metroid no, crawl? Is... Where's, where's Metroid? Anyway. What else have you been playing? What? I'm sure you've what? been playing something else. Sticking to your New Year's Not... resolutions. I actually have been sticking to my New Year's resolution. So the only other major thing I played was a little bit of Astrobot. And I mean a yep. little bit of Astrobot. And uh, of course, a little bit of Cyberpunk. But you mean Astro's Playroom, right? Astro's Playroom, sorry. Um, and and then I started Zelda A Link to the Past. Oh. On, on SNES oh, wow. as well. This yeah, like I don't know if I'll finish childhood. It is kind of, well, I've never played in my childhood, childhood. that's yeah. the thing, of your childhood. It's a survival of your childhood. You can live vicariously through me. But no, I haven't, I don't know if I'll actually finish that. Not because it's not a good game. I just, I don't know if I have the patience for it. <laughs> so yeah, so three, number one is, was Metroid. I, I gotta say, Link to the Past is a pretty forgiving game for your time and like not knowing where to go. Like it, It's very fair. Yeah, it's a very kinda, fair game. Kinda, kinda. See, I left, I just think I left you're bad it at games. the part... I probably am bad at games. <laughs> I left it at the part where you, you go into the throne room and then I left the game, I put it down, I came back mm-hmm. and I didn't remember what the conversation was that <laughs> that Zelda said to the princess. Or what? the princess said to Zelda. Zelda said to the princess. I think, I think the princess well, said to Zelda. And the princess said to the green guy. And and then I had to. I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I don't remember that. Well, that, but luckily that's you can like, come back and that's and, like the prologue. That's the prologue. Yeah, well, that's I haven't even done the pretty, prologue. Yet. That's pretty early. Yeah, yeah that's like five minutes that into the game, isn't it? Well, yeah, it was more like eight minutes into the game. I <laughs> yeah, you should, you should try to crack through. That game is really good, and it's. it's oh, well, but isn't isn't there a remake time. of that? No. What's no, the so new one? So you're thinking of the 3ds game, uh, 
uh, Link no, no, Between Worlds. No, no, I'm thinking Worlds. of the, the Switch one, the Switch game. That no, no, no. so that's a remake of What's the Game Boy game, Link's Awakening. A, a remake of a Game Boy game. Okay, yeah. cool, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, which, which was intended... So that Game Boy game was intended to be a port of uh, Link to the Past on the Game Boy, but then ah. they found it was too big and then they went in a really different random direction. So so it's a completely different game. Yep. And uh, okay, cool. it's, what a great decision that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic game. I actually prefer the Game Boy Color version of that game more than the Switch game because nice. it's a bit choppy, the Switch version. It looks awesome, though, the Switch version. Okay. And uh, Swinney, so what, 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 yeah. what is your retort to him saying that Zelda is uh, Link to the Past is a bit boring and... Can't get into it. Well, I don't think he said that. I think he just said he got lost and got frustrated, and he has a fan fr- of of like an, a fly. <laughs> I didn't say any of those things. I did not get frustrated. I do have the attention span of. Whoa! I'm, I'm did gonna you see this. I'm gonna shame. Look, at, <laughs> you're hmm. an idiot, Mike. I'm gonna shame Mike right now because I, I every now and then like to spy on your profiles to see what you're playing. So I was, okay. spying, I was spying on Mike's, Mike's Switch profile. And what I noticed is, so with the Switch, it actually has a, like a green color if you played a game for more than, I think it was like 30 or 40 hours. Mike's got no games with that color. And then I started going through and I realized Mike has like 20 games on his list of games that he's played. Mm. And legit, like every game that you look at, there's no game that says more than five hours that he's played. Like well, every maybe. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Maybe I'm just really good and I clock them in under five hours. Did you ever think of that? So uh, messenger, uh? you maybe, played for Maybe more I'm than a 10? secret speedrunner. No, well, maybe I'm, I'm <laughs> a secret speedrunner. Like a... You guys just don't know about it. <laughs> you gotta I'll do a feature on it on a later episode. It's like, okay, so this is... <laughs> this is so funny. Sweetie, you should check Mike's profile. So he's got a game, Grim Valor demo. Oh, yeah. yeah he's yeah, like, oh, I like right. that. So he bought it. And then it says played for one hour or more. And that's what it. A demo. it I, I, I'm going to come to Mike's defense on this because if you look at my profile, other than a couple of ones that I've played for a long period of time, like Mario Maker Smash Brothers, the rest kind of say the same thing. No, I but that's just thank that's you. normal. Thank no, 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 no. So if I go through my list, that's yes, normal. Yes, you just said it. It's normal. See, it's normal. It's just no, no, normal no, behavior. No, 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 stop. Everyone does it. It's fine. <laughs> it's acceptable normal? in 2021. That's What's not normal shaming. Is you have like someone, you have a few games that people play a lot and then it's like mm. mostly little bits. Like this person on my list, Spartan, he's played Splatoon, oh no, Animal Crossing. For 3,155 hours. Oh, yeah, that's totally totally normal. normal. Yeah, totally normal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that the longest person? Is that the longest amount of time of anyone that you know? Uh, I'd have to be, I'd say. Okay. All right. My wife's 500 hours. Oh, well, that's what I was getting at. I thought it it doesn't even tell you. I thought after like 150 hours, it just says 150 or more. How do you check the full time? Uh, I've got a lot of people with 1,000, 2,000 hours in Splatoon and stuff like that, but yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, it's a lot. Anyway. Eh? <laughs> anyway. So, sorry, Swinney, what, what else did you play? So, I... This isn't Pick on Mike episode, all right? <laughs> I, I mean, just can, saw that. Can... I loved it. I was like, oh my God, look at this guy's attention span. <laughs> so, I actually went absolutely crazy this week, and I played, I think, like 30 different games. <laughs> What? It's pretty wild. For, wait, hang on. Five times 30 <laughs> is 150 hours? So 
some of them hmm. I played quite a bit. Some of them I played only the first like part of, like very first level so you or had something a mic like work. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but because I was doing some of it was also the Warboats challenge where oh. it's usually like, okay, play through the first chapter or so, blah blah blah. But I know that in the past weeks with game when I've played a lot of games, I have a tendency to talk for ages about it. So what I did was I chose ten of those games. And I'm going to limit myself about how much time and oh, what I'm only going to talk about 10 of the it. games in the opening segment. Yes. <laughs> so, add, hey, out of 30, that's only a third of the games I've played this week. All right, go on. So, right, what on. I thought, I'm going, to, I'm going to limit myself to 15 syllables. Oh, okay. Let's ah. let's give him the floor here, Mike. Wait, no, sorry. Is, no, are you doing 17, a haiku? No, 17 syllables. Is this 17 a haiku? 575? Let, no, just let's give him the floor. All right, go ahead, sweetie. Yeah, okay, Mike, okay, Mike, okay, okay. Mike is on the money. So the yeah. uh, the titles of the games won't count. All right. So first, and this is all I'm going to say about these games. Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling. This game is awesome. Got every damn achievement. Swinney recommends. Ooh. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Completed main game. Want to give my final thoughts, but week is busy. Okami, God, I miss this game. Amaterasu is cool. IGN cover art. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Let's go, Dragon Ball. Not sure if I like this game. Goku is worse, Dad. <laughs> Wolfen- Wolfenstein Youngblood. Replay of first stage. Without Mike, I am much sad. Oh. <laughs> Maybe play again? Yes, yes. D- decay of uh, decay of logos or logos. Game is complete ass. It's <laughs> it's poor man's indie Dark Souls. <laughs> Gone from my shortlist. All right, Peggle two. Years since Peggle one. Kind of miss this type of game. May keep playing it. All right, a Plague Tale Innocence. This game is full on. Why does everyone hate me? Do do I have the plague? <laughs> no, you got COVID. <laughs> uh, surviving Mars. Installed two quick mods. Unlocked all achievements. Never play again. <laughs> and the last one is Carrion. Destroy all humans. Amorphous killing machine. Maybe just want friends? Aww. <laughs> like that, that was really good. I love and that, that. And that's my week. Yeah. <laughs> I clap. That is brilliant. I was like thinking, why are you doing this? And then I remember that you just yeah. got the Xbox Series X. So you're just going nuts playing all the Game Pass <laughs> games, I'm guessing. Well, part of, it's, part of it is the Warboats Challenge. But the other part of it is that I just can't... I haven't nailed down what game I want to want to jump onto for my next RPG completion. So I've been bouncing around between a bunch of them. So you got to get on to it, don't you? Because you've got like 30 games to complete or something, haven't well, you? Well, I've completed three already, and it's not even the first month gone. So it's crazy. Tra- tracking pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you are actually, yeah. So it's like three a month pretty much to get through it all. Yeah. Anything else? Do you want more than that? <laughs> right. the, one, the one thing I will say... The one that thing was I actually say, super entertaining, so yes, I do want more. The, the one thing I will say is... 
playing playing Wolfenstein Youngblood has really proven to me that I just don't gel well with mouse and keyboard controls on modern first-person shooters, specifically modern first-person shooters these days. Um, and I think part of it is because, like, I used to, you know, play Unreal Tournament, Quake Three, you know, a lot of a lot of games that. Honestly, Happy. the controls the controls are much simpler than something like Wolfenstein Youngblood, where you've got like different cloak abilities and stuff. And I'm, I just felt that as soon as I picked up the controller instead of trying to use mouse and keyboard, it just felt more natural to me. And part of that is obviously I don't play those games much anymore on PC. Mm. No, but I think you... it's. But I think the other part is the fact that the the more complex the controls have gotten, the less I like using specifically the keyboard mm. part of the mouse and keyboard. But I guess that's just, you know, it depends what you generally play on. You get yeah. used to it. you got to do you, Fair baby. Enough. You can yeah, play yeah. wherever you want and be wrong. That's fine. Oh, I'm, I'm hey. not going to... I know mouse and keyboard is superior. I'm not going to lie. So. See, Speaking I'm of doing me, way, can I, I show you guys so quickly? other than mouse and keyboard. What is that, Mike? I, I got a t-shirt printed of myself. Why? Oh, this Nirvana, you idiot. It does look <laughs> like you. It looks insanely <laughs> like you. Ooh. Okay, so this is what I was saying to Sweeney in the pre-show that Mike does all these visual gags for an audio podcast. <laughs> so stupid. Just watch, uh, just watch the clips on YouTube. That's all. No, this one's not even clipped. This is the intro. Or watch the full video podcast on the intro. Uh, for me, I've, um, uh, no one cares what you played. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> I, I've given up on Skyrim on the Switch. So I'm switching to the PC. I'm just going to play it on the PC. Why? I didn't, well, I think with this COVID thing, it's really changed the way I play games. So I was mm-hmm. playing a lot of games on the Switch because I'd commute a lot. So I'd play a couple of hours every day on the Switch. And I'm more than happy to play really intense games on the train. But I find that mostly the Switch I'm playing almost to relax. It's like puzzle games, um, Picross, stuff like that, just to chill. And I've been playing more intense yeah. games on my PC. Um, so yeah, I'm going to switch to, to the PC for Skyrim. Uh, I've done the opposite. I've switched to the switch because a few times I couldn't find my remote to turn my TV on. (laughs) So then I'm like, well, screw it. I'll just play it on the switch Switch. then. (laughs) And then I just started playing it on the switch. The troubles of the the modern man. I'd love love if they had cross-platform saves like they do with the Witcher. Like, that would yeah. be massive for Skyrim. Oh, that was so cool, man. Yeah, that would have been I sick they if they had that. that. I'd, I'd love if they had that, but they don't. So I think I'm just going to switch on to no, the PC. Because, yeah. I started Dark Souls again. Um, huh, again? Wow. Well, I just kind of like... I didn't. I told, wait, hang on. I told you you have to. If you stop that game and you put it down, yeah, it's know, really hard I to know. get back into it. You got to do it from scratch. But I have to say, I got through the whole start bit so quick now. Like, it was nice. the boss was like super easy and everything like that. Um... <laughs> And then also, I'm, I'm about a quarter or a third the way through Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, like, so I probably will, you know, have a segment in, when I get through it. But wow, I love that game. That game is so good. That it's just, yeah, it, it, it is right, right up there already with Super Metroid for me. It's so, so oh, good. Wow. And I've I almost got to announce it. The music is just so cool. The, the music is so good, dude. It's like the best compositions of those songs. I, I, I have to go back and play the Game Boy Advance games, but 
it does feel better than them. I don't know that's a dumb thing to say because, you know, that's kind of everyone's position on it. But I love those Game Boy Advance games. But, yeah, wow, this game is so good. Um, oh, yeah, and there's one more thing. But only Mike can see it, unfortunately. Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you serious? <laughs> they don't do that locally? You had to get to Thailand to get that changed? <laughs> yeah, whoa! <laughs> so what I showed, sweetie, was uh, a PS5 box. You got a PS5. Mike, you are an idiot. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations for joining the next generation. Yes, I'm in the next generation. Nice. And what? <laughs> the thing when, is, when, like, how? Tell well, me more. You know how I like to build things that do stupid things. So I was like, oh, maybe I could just build a bot that monitors websites. Are you kidding me? That calls wow. me, calls me when I um. <laughs> it actually calls. You. <laughs> yeah, it calls my mobile phone. Right. So I thought this would be hard, but I actually coded in like I don't know half an hour or something. And I put it on, and then at 6.30 in the morning, it called me. I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, and then it says, check your PC. That's, that's, what, that's like a big, <laughs> big photo saying, check your PC, right? So then I what logged for? in, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can buy a PS5. And I think like part of it is, like I said last week, that the PS4 vertical stand didn't come, and I was so annoyed about that. And then I'm like, I don't need this PS4 anymore. <laughs> and then I, I don't know. I think I just got caught up in, could I buy one? And then it was like almost too easy. I was like, oh God. And then I got swept up in it. Yeah. When you have the money, all the resources in the world. I'm going to sell the PS4 It's too easy Pro. to buy one. going to sell the PS4 Pro. You're not know, just going to put it back on display or something? No, I'm going to sell it. Okay. And then um, I, no keeping it. I got through Astro's Playroom. So I platinumed them that game. Uh, cool. Did everything in that game. That game is awesome. I love that game so much. I'm surprised you didn't rave about it, Mike. It is so good. Uh, no, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. it even my girlfriend played it last night, and she quite enjoyed it. So, I yeah. just I, I didn't finish it, so I didn't really feel like. But I how could did you not finish talk it? About so it short. Properly and do it justice. <laughs> how did you not see my collection of Switch games that I played for under five yeah, that was hours? A, that was a stupid question, sweetie. I go gonna... very broad. Not I. I struggle going. Focused, like it, very broad. It, it honestly is like on the same level out. as like a Mario you know Odyssey. I mean? It is very like small, but that's the thing. It's like probably like two worlds in Mario Odyssey. That's the kind of length of the game. So we need to mm. just like, you know, compare mm. it. But um, it's got this awesome functionality of like, once you've beaten everything, you've got a speed run section. Um, so that's really cool. I played that a little bit. I got up to like 15,000 or something in the world. So I was like pretty happy with that. Um, and yeah, I've unlocked everything in that game. And then that's where I'm playing Dark Souls. Nice. So nice. I won't, Man, I won't be... please stick to Dark Souls. It's so no, good. I will, I will. I won't be as indulgent as you guys and have my own segment on the whole thing, but... um, No, actually, I want, I want I... to see. I want to see someone who, who finally, after all these years, played it, what they well, think of it. But no, I'm talking about likely... the PS5. I'm talking about the PS5. Oh, the PS5. No, oh. no, no, no. We, we heard enough about yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. But what I would say is I, I'm not sold on the DualSense being better than my DualShock 4 because I've got the back button thing. Really? Well, the back button, uh, I love that yeah, thing, man. Well. I'm addicted to it. It's like when I'm playing Symphony of the Night, I have one of the buttons attached to uh, one of my attacks. So mm. you have like a left attack, a right attack. So I can always hold shield and then do all the other moves. So mm. kind of like it allows me to, it feels like I've got more flexibility with how I can play. Yeah, of course. So I can like, you know, uh, what, what is it called, Swinny, when you sort of 
do a backstep in Symphony of the Night. I can't remember the name of it. It's like you uh, do a backward yeah. slide, like a moonwalk type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's I know. I visualize exactly what it is. Okay. I just don't know what. It's yeah, called. so I can shield, do that, and then also attack and jump all like freely, like without having to like remap anything. I don't think you can remap all the buttons, but yeah, look, like the dual sense is really cool. The other thing nice. is everyone's like raving on about the adaptive triggers and the the vibration and all that stuff, but I'm like. The Switch had a lot of this stuff and no one's ever taken advantage of it. And I just feel... Adaptive triggers? What? No, the HD rumble. <laughs> but I just feel ah. like a lot of these features won't be implemented much more beyond a year or two from now. Apart from one Possibly two not. games. Well, and, and obviously Demon Souls, they've implement, implemented it in a pretty good... By the way, I think it's called uh, Backdash. Backdash. Backdash, that makes sense. Backdash. That makes sense. What do you, at Demon's Souls, do they have it in that? I didn't think they have any... Yeah. Adaptive no, no, they don't. Plan. They don't really have adaptive triggers, but it definitely there's a difference in how it feels when you press the trigger between mm. different spells and stuff. I don't think that's right. It's I just do. it's not adaptive in the sense that if you're talking about how far you can push it down, no, it doesn't do. So that. it's not adaptive then. It's just a trigger. Well, I guess I think it's, it's in your the vibrations. Head, it's probably in my head. It's the vibrations <laughs> associated to the trigger that are different. Because I think I, the I trigger recall... itself doesn't change. No, <laughs> I recall people literally complaining about the fact that it doesn't do anything like that. It doesn't even take advantage of the HD rumble. That's really? It. it does uses That's a normal rumble does. profile. No, it just uses uh. a normal rumble profile. It doesn't do anything. Well, whatever like it was, it felt great. Yeah, that game. Oh, my that girlfriend game, agreed. I'm waiting until Can... I get through Dark Souls before I get Demon's Souls. Yeah, no, no, play, the, play Dark Souls first and then play Demon's And Dark Souls. Souls looks amazing. Like, I don't know if it looks different on the PS5, but... Oh, because you, you're playing the... the re- oh, yeah, cool, cool. But I have to yeah. say, like, like the PS5, man, the interface is awesome. It's actually already really? up mm. there with the Switch as one of my favorite interfaces. It's just so zippy, so quick. But- it's very yeah, but there's a few things about it that you know to 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 turn it off for some reason. <laughs> That's like a bolt. I know it sounds PS- stupid. No, 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 no. But it's, everyone who but plays a like, lot of PS4 and be and before that hate the way you have to turn it off. It's annoying, and it's not consistent because the problem is you can't just you know press the button and it takes you to the same spot in the menu at the mm. bottom. It takes you to the last place you were at. So you can't even press the button yeah. and then flick left to go to, 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 to options or turn it off because you could be in a different spot. And the other thing that I don't get what the logic behind it is, is settings is at the top right, but other options are in the menu at the bottom. I don't know why they didn't have settings at the bottom as well. So there's, like yeah. the, there's a few UI things like that that I, I, I think are really weird design I think they can clean up some of it, but once you get used overall it's, it's pretty good. Overall, oh, I think it's, really it's fine. And it's snappy yeah. and it does what you need it to do. So yeah. that's the main thing. Yeah, I'm like really, really happy with the PS5. Again, I don't think there's any reason to buy any of the new consoles. Like, you know, even if I think about the PS5, apart from Astro's Playroom, most of the things you can play on other things. Like they're releasing on the PS4 or... Yeah, but not you know, Demon's Re- Souls. Yeah, but that's on the PS3. I could play that on the PS... I played it on the PS3. It's great. So It's a different game. It's not literally. It's the exact same game with just a no, sixty FPS. Well, well no, it's just, literally using well, the engine uh, from the game. Not quite. Not quite. Yeah, but it's different. It's like if you had, if you had, uh, an engine from um, a Lotus Elise and you put it into some other crazy <laughs> car that looks completely different. It's a different car. I mean, um, I will say they've they've had quite a bit of quality of life. And the biggest yeah. one is the the eight way the eight way rolling the eight way rolling is the biggest one. Oh, I didn't know about that. All right, yeah. well, it's a pretty busy show, so let's get into the yeah. first story. There's a hell of a lot of stories this week. 
Um, so our first story is Vicarious Visions has been merged into Blizzard Entertainment. So there's been a lot of activity at Activision Blizzard. And essentially, I think it's really a passing of the torch fully to Activision itself, um, where they're really starting to dismantle Blizzard internally and merge parts of its studio. So Vicarious Visions, founded back in 1990, acquired uh, by Activision about 15, 16 years ago in 2005. They've predominantly always worked on a lot of ports and a lot of crazy port work and a lot of cool port work uh, on the Game Boy Advance, DS and Xbox. So they're often a studio that people go to to actually port games or... And, and when I say port, it's often kind of translate the game to what makes sense for the system, uh, most notably for things like Tony Hawk. Recently... That, I'll um, just say that, that Tony Hawk to Game Boy Advance, that pretty much made... That put them on the map. They'd been around for a while at that point, but that is where everyone stood up and go, wait, they were able to do this? And I think that really rose their... Uh, increased their stock in the industry. Yeah, back in those days, yeah. Uh, and that's regarded as one of the best Game Boy Advance games that you can get. And recently, they've actually done a lot of great work as well, where they've revitalized Crash Bandicoot with the Insane Trilogy. And then also with Tony Hawk um, 1 and 2, that was released to pretty much universal acclaim, including winning uh, video game awards. Uh, regardless, all of, all of that sort of activity, uh, Activision Blizzard made a decision to merge all of the team into Blizzard itself. And then the team itself are going to f- solely focus on Blizzard IPs. Now, the, there's probably a lot like more of a backstory here as well, because there was reporting from Bloomberg where, and, and it's really strange. I had to read all about it, but basically Blizzard itself, you know, started with what was now regarded as Team One, but that was with, you know, the World of Warcraft series, or sorry, Warcraft, uh, and then Starcraft. Then they sort of did a deal with the studio at the time that ended up turning into Blizzard North, which works under the Diablo. But they've got these teams that internally they refer to as Team 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then a Classics team. And essentially this Classics team that it has associations with Team 1 had dropped the ball on a lot of remakes recently, including uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged, which still to this day has the worst Metacritic rating for Blizzard. Um, so it very much seems like Activision is a bit of sick of the situation as how it's going with Team 1 and the Classic Game Division. And given that they already have a studio internally that does insanely good ports, it seems like they're going to take that team and then move them onto something like a Diablo 2 and do a remake of that. That that sort of seems to be the, the word from Bloomberg and other outlets. Uh, Swinney, what do you think of this news? It's pretty pretty interesting. It is interesting, and it's certainly not Activision's first rodeo doing something like this. Mm. Um, you just have to look at the list of studios that they've acquired and then essentially dissolved. Um, mm. Studios very closely associated with the franchises that Vicarious Visions has worked on, like Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk, so Neversoft. Um, they acquired and dissolved them. Uh, Red Octane acquired and dissolved them, and there's countless others. Um, I find it a little strange in the sense that it's coming off the back of two huge releases that were mm. very critically acclaimed, but I don't know if it's. I don't know if it changes much. I'm just wondering. Okay, who is who is going to? I, I don't know what other kind of Activision IP could get that treatment next, and would that also be them working on it because it makes sense? But then it's like, well, it's not Blizzard IP anymore. You know, as in they're if they're only mm. working on Blizzard stuff, then. 
Like, Man, sure. Diablo 1 on Switch. Oh, please, if you're listening, Activision. So, you know, chances are they could always just restructure people into certain teams for those projects, you know, within the business itself. But I just hope that, you know, from all reports, it doesn't seem like there's been any layoffs, but there's always going to be someone affected or impacted, hopefully not in a uh, negative way. So that's my hope is that just no one loses their job out of well, this. Well, that's already happened. So not on the vicarious vision component. So they've almost like been from every, from all the reporting and all the people inside going out to reporters as well. It seems like a bit of a, you know, lift and shift exercise for them. So they'll stay where they are in Albany, New York, but you know, they'll go straight into Blizzard itself. The head of the studio, Jen O'Neill will just report to the president of Blizzard uh, but what happened was, you know, when I was saying about Team 1 inside of Blizzard, which is amazing because, I mean, essentially Team 1 was Blizzard. Like that, you know, it's kind of a weird thing where they've grown out and, you know, developed Team 4, which does uh, Overwatch and, you know, what is it, Team 3 or 5, I think it is, which is Diablo. Now that Team 1 essentially almost has been dissolved. So there was, uh, all the Team 1 folk have pretty much been told they need to find other jobs and that's why you've seen recently at Blizzard some of the senior people leaving. It's mostly the ones who are running Team 1 and the Classic team. Uh, and they've moved on to other things. So they've gone into other parts of Blizzard itself, maybe other parts of Activision. Um, so that's probably where the pain has been felt. But mm. I, I kind of agree with your point, Swinny. It's like, I mean, it's not like Crash Bandicoot's a small IP, man. It's like... Maybe it's just the fact that what else is there to do from an Activision point of view? It was it was Toys for Bob did Crash 4, didn't they? Yes, yes. So maybe maybe they're just thinking then there's crossover. Toys, of, Toys for Bob are kind of maybe going to handle the kind of stuff that Vicarious Visions would have been in the past. But the crazy thing is, so I was looking up a bit of... I was watching a bit of an interview with the founders um, who left in 2016 from Vicarious Visions. And just the... like over a hundred games in such a short amount of time. Like they, they were so prolific. Like you just look wow. at, sure. A lot of it's port work, but like a lot of those are ground up ports. Yeah. It's ground up really ground hard. Up. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, games that, you know, they're not using any code because as we talked about Tony Hawk 2, they're recreating a game from scratch. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a couple of game developers, you know, Inter God and I, uh, we know, hey, I'm <laughs> we tracking, know how I'm, difficult it is to do these things. I'm tracking badly on that. I think I'll hit all my yeah, other New Year's Eve things. My sorry, not New Year's Eve, my New Year's yeah. resolutions, but yeah, not that one. Um I didn't I haven't coded really properly since uni, so So like I you know, I'm a huge believer in the whole saying, you know, let the baker bake. And you know, the port work stuff, I don't know why people ever classify it's not as real game dev. Of course it is. And it's Absolutely a real is. difficult specialty. It's like very hard because you know you've got these folk who are prolific in now you know very ancient technology in the grand scheme of things for gaming uh you know there was a really cool article about blue point when they were taking demon souls and how they had to take the ps3 engine and get it running on the ps5 but it's a th- literal code it's like one yeah. for one code it's not like their recreation of the code and then they built another engine on top of it to interact with it to like bring you all the quality of life features so i make a faithful remake yeah and i think that's a standard that people expect now it's like when you get these ports Mm. and it happened with warcraft right when you get these ports where they're just not to the level of standard you'd expect people you know they're just not happy with it which is you know fine and and fair i guess this is the studio that got given the challenge of putting guitar hero on 
on the Nintendo DS. And, that's and they made, really it, well. and they <laughs> made <laughs> it work. They made yeah. it work. It's I wish I bought that. I regret not buying that. I had it. I don't know where it is now. That was really good. Oh, uh, you had I the Onzilla they... version? Yeah, I had the uh, one with the little yeah. tiny pad. Yeah. That's so cool. yeah, yeah, that's sick. I, I hope they get to work on... I think the one game that I've got some of the fondest memories of is the original Diablo. And the only other version other than PC that I can remember is the PlayStation 1 version. So it works in consoles, obviously. It worked back in the day really, really well. And it mm. had even had couch co-op, which was really cool. But it'd be awesome on the Switch. I always thought, man, that's like a perfect game for the Switch. It just ports so well. I just had so this funny funny vision that. of when you're like, I hope they get to work on it. I thought you were going to say like Guitar Hero Diablo or something. Where it's <laughs> like, it's like a right. loop. That had it's some a cool loop. music. It's a loop or something Well, I don't think it's going to happen, especially the fact that they're only going to work on Blizzard stuff. But yeah, as it says in the Bloomberg article... It, it appears that they're working on Diablo 2, which I, I think would yeah. be awesome if they do a cleaned up version of Diablo 2. That'd be cool. With in, some quality of life improvements. Well, please. in the style that they're doing it, which is just maintain the physics, the engine, like exactly how the game plays. You know, the cow assassination thing that people used to do to grind that game. Um, <laughs> you know, that would, that would be awesome. And if that was on all platforms, mm. Switch included. Because I feel like Diablo 2 would be a really good Switch game. Oh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. So... so- the last thing that I would say on that one is the the only other rumor that I heard is when they disbanded one of the teams, the only person that was left was Juan from Mexico. <laughs> okay. So it was basically Team One. Team One. <laughs> that was left. <laughs> you, you idiot. <laughs> All right. Uh, it has been a big week in gaming, so let's let's move on to the next story. <laughs> My, sorry, Mike with his great ads there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, very weird thing that happened over the weekend. So Microsoft announced a whole raft of changes to Xbox Live Gold. Uh, Swinney, as he always does, did a whole heap of work in our run sheet in the background. A lot. All um, these images, all and the, oh. <laughs> and I'll quickly just run through. So essentially what they were doing is, and a lot of us, you know, predicted this given that they were starting to get rid of a lot of the 12-month subscriptions. So essentially what they did is the one month, three months, six months retained. 12 months, they got rid of it. The one month went up to a dollar, up by a dollar. The three month went up by five. And the six month went up by 20. But essentially what they were doing is... US all, dollars, no less. Yeah, US dollars. It all works out to be 12 months is now $120 a year instead of $60 a year. And then it just works backwards for the one month, three months, and six months with a bit of a premium. So, you know, people lost their minds over this. Like, so essentially it's almost like doubling the price of it. Um, and then pretty much offering no new value for it. It's just essentially, hey, we haven't updated the price. It really seemed like they're ripping the Band-Aid. Huge pushback on it. And then what was it? A matter of eight hours, it felt? It felt less than that. Maybe I don't less. know. It felt like four hours. Yeah, probably about that. I don't even get how... This, they, the well, part that like, I don't understand. They, yeah. they then reversed course and said, we're not going to change the price. But not only that, they then ended up saying that free-to-play games, which is a bit of a bugbear for people, like Fortnite and Halo Infinite when it comes out, the multiplayer component, the free-to-play games, now you can play without Xbox Live Gold. So they went from doubling the price of Xbox Live Gold to not doubling it and then giving you more giving stuff you free for free. Stuff. <laughs> it's very, As a very sorry, weird. we screwed up eight hours ago. This, this is the part that, well, there's a lot to talk about, but yeah, the yeah. part that I don't get is they said that they listened to feedback 
and they decided to reverse the decision. Well, they did, yeah. Yeah, but how much feedback did they listen to in such a short period of time? I don't get it. It's not like they went, oh, oh wow. It's pretty obvious. Really... It's pretty obvious. Wait, what? They went on Reddit, Reddit, Reddit saw no, a few things and went, Mike, oh, geez, Mike, okay, we better every, reverse this instantly. Every I know major every place outlet, went. Every but... major outlet was, was having op-eds about I know, this. I know, but it's such a, it's so weird to see a backtrack that quickly. It is, it is. But, you know, to be fair, it's, it's, from, it's fishy. From, from a modern PR perspective, right, there's a couple of things that have really changed the game. Like in the old days, if you had a scandal, the best move was just to go quiet. And then the newspapers, they didn't have anything to, you know, latch onto and the TV shows didn't have anything to latch onto. So they just move on. But the modern day, it's the opposite. It's if you have a scandal about yourself, you should actually attack. You should like attack the person, say, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. This person's a liar. And then people will just go, well, he's saying that, she's saying this, or who knows? Like, that's now the modern day. This kind of stuff, mm. the modern day PR thing is to just reverse it. To just go, oh, no, we've changed our mind. We've listened to feedback. And honestly, people won't even remember this. People will forget about this. Because they, they haven't gotten, like, angry enough about it <laughs> that they'll just forget it. But I, I wanted to ask... And now, they, now they get some extra free stuff. Uh, I want to ask Winnie as the, as the Xbox shill in, in charge and... You know, I guess a part of Xbox to some degree, Microsoft being the Hall of Famer. Why did they do this? <laughs> First of all, my weekly weekly correction. My weekly correction that I am not in the Xbox Hall of Fame. That is incorrect. That is fake news. <laughs> well, that's your your opinion, and I've got my opinion. <laughs> why, why do you think they did this, Winnie? When you when you read the original announcement by Xbox, this was so. This was worded in such a a mischievous way, mm. such a misleading way that, you know, you always try to mitigate any negative bad news by, you know, in your communications. But the fact that, you know, oh, it's only a dollar per month or $5 per month. But the fact that, yeah, that doubling essentially of the 12 month cost if for anyone that was looking for those long-term subscriptions was just ridiculous. And what I found is what you see a lot is in these big stories, uh, articles will just get updated. So, you know, they'll still have the headline of Microsoft yeah, increases yeah. Xbox Live. Not all of them. And though. they'll just do have updating brackets or update. And so a lot of these people, especially even on places like Reddit, where a lot of people do get their news from, from those sources, where they may not actually see the reversal part of That's this. That's true. And it's already done damage to them. But this was such a bad, just like a bad way to do this you know i understand them trying to move people off uh, and trying to essentially phase out Xbox so yeah let's talk about the why yeah but this was a very very bad way to do it basically mm. there's no other but let's way, let, let let's uh, let's unpack the why a little bit because i think it's it's exactly what you I, said it's to I, try I, to I've phase gone. out gold i think it's to get people onto no. ultimate no i don't, why get, else? Why I don't not? think it's anything to do with phasing out gold right I think it's so obvious mm. that they're trying to do a McDonald's pricing strategy on this, which is... To make the other option look better by making this one make look shit. Make them so close to each yeah. other that, oh, you get some shitty games, five games, even though this month's pretty good for games for gold. But, you know, normally you get, eh, it's okay. Versus, well, hey, it's only a few bucks more and I get Game Pass and it's got 200 games on it. That's, that's But it's the not even thing. a few bucks more. It's the same price now. It would have made it the same price, wouldn't it? No, because I don't think 10 so. 
Well, yeah, ten ninety nine USD would be about fifteen dollars Australian, which is about what Ultimate is per month, isn't it? Uh, I don't so, know which Ultimate. Is I think Ultimate Ultimate I think is fifteen US. Yeah, fifteen yeah, yeah. US. Yeah. I don't think I'm paying twenty bucks. Let me let me just yeah, log you, into my online banking sales and check. Swinney's right. No, no, like, no, no, no. I'm on a monthly thing. I was no, no. But the thing. RRP the RRP is ten dollars. Would have been ten dollars for Xbox Live versus mm-hmm. Live Gold. Versus fifteen dollars for Game Pass, and that's what I'm saying. They're trying to do like a McDonald's pricing strategy, where it's just so much better value that people just okay. go, "Oh, they're so close to each other. Just spend a little no. bit more, and I'll get okay. Game you Pass guys, Ultimate." You guys are wrong, and the Ultimate Shill is wrong as well. It's sixteen Australian dollars per month. No, but we're I saying US. 15, we're saying US. 15, no, US. Australian, Australian. Don't it's worry about the Australian. Australian is a different no, no, market. No, no, no. I know it's a different market, but what I'm saying is, well, okay, so it's fifteen US versus eleven US. It would have been. No, 10 US, right? Wait, so are you telling me that we actually get a really good deal in Australia? On yeah, Ultimate? but it's a different market, man. It's a different market. Like, No, but wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we talk about that for a second? I didn't realize that. We have a good in Australia for once where we get something <laughs> cheaper No, there's a lot of the rest times, of the world. To be honest, there's a lot of times we get stuff for cheaper and mm. everyone just whinges in Australia because we had it no, so okay, bad that's fair for enough. such we a also get, We also get re- new games being released cheaper in a lot of compared games to some so other places Games are so much cheaper stuff in well. Australia than Yeah, America. that's fair enough. But What's no, I'm just surprised. I, I'm surprised. I did not realize that we have cheaper Xbox Live anyway, than we do. That, that's been like that for ages. Huh. But anyway, I, yeah. like, do you, wow. like, so that's my theory. My theory is like, game, like McDonald's pricing theory. Make it so close that the option that's larger just looks like so much more value. I just spend a few more dollars. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. What do you reckon, Sweeney? Well, when I said phase out, I, that's where I was kind of going with that. It's more about just you make it so that essentially no one is on Xbox Live Gold mm. unless, except for people that only play one game and they're not interested in signing up for anything well, like Game Pass. Well, Ultimate you know? has gold in it as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like phasing Why it out. It's just that? Yeah. getting them to upgrade to that bigger. Well, no, no, I think, I think, no, I think ultimately it's, it's not just to get people to upgrade and pay the extra $3. I, I, I legit think it's to actually not have to compete they're not. I wouldn't call them two competing services, but it is a bit of a disjointed service experience. Yeah, Why, on one platform, offer people two completely separate options, and then it, 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 it I can see how they just want to simplify it, and they want to go. You know what? It, it's done. You're not going to pay that much more for the full experience, so to speak. And I think, I think this is also backed up by the fact that they killed the 12 month thing. They don't want people to sign up to this yeah. thing for a long period. The shorter, the better. So then. There's, you know, at worst case scenario in six months' time, they'll reassess their decision and move on to Ultimate. It's clearly because they want to get people onto Ultimate. Oh, and also, I think it makes sense. Also, don't forget, like, you know, based on their rules, I just followed their rules, Xbox rules, and how they allow people to, you know, upgrade to mm-hmm. Game Pass Ultimate. I got Xbox Live Gold, the 12 month. I got three of them, so 36 months, for like, it was like 50 bucks each. No, no, 40 bucks each or something like that. Yep. And then I just paid the $1 thing to upgrade to Game Pass Ultimate. So then I had Ultimate for 36 months for like $3 a month or something like that. So like, obviously that's also something that they probably want to get rid of. Like people, I don't know how many people do that, but you know, I don't know anything about Xbox and I knew about that, that people could do that. So what, can you still buy those cards or have they completely, whatever was left? You can still buy those cards. Not the ones that I got really cheap. 
because mm. my ones had like Halo branding on it. So yeah, it, yeah, I had I had a bunch weird. of those from when Dick Smith closed down yeah, and stuff. And yeah, so I think like they needed to just get rid of them because it looked ridiculous advertising Halo Four or something like that. But um, but or Halo Five, I think it was. But yeah, so well, it's not they still like they have, have a new Halo yet. So. But they're getting rid of it. I think they're still getting rid of the twelve month card. So huh. yeah. All right. Well, cool. let's get into the next story. Uh, so this was the Resident Evil showcase. So. Like they they flagged prior that it was going to have Resident Evil Village. There were a lot of folk who were hoping, expecting that they'd have Resident Evil Four remake. When they did talk about the inventory system, which you know they even said, "Hey, this is very similar to Resident Evil Four. I started to think, "Oh, okay, maybe they will uh, actually announce a remake after all." So I started to get excited for that. Uh, but really, the only big announcement that they sort of had in this, uh, apart from one that I'll flag, is that they're going to release this game, which they only originally said was PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Now they're also going to make sure it works on PS4 and Xbox One, which, you know, I think given the supply constraints on the consoles, makes sense. Like, when I got my PS5, I think it got sold out within, like, a couple of minutes. So people are just buying these things like crazy. I I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain we didn't have an actual release date. No, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't have a release yeah, date. So that was yeah, a, yeah, so that was the big that was a big announcement as well. Yeah, so oh, no, we, so we didn't have for those, but we had a release date for the game, which was no, May no, we 7th. didn't, we didn't before. So yeah, the big announcement oh, before was that the release date, okay. and then right, hey, yeah. it's also yep, coming right. on to yep, yep, yep. 150 million consoles that are out there in the wild, rather than mm. you know PC, which is a stack load. But I, I wouldn't play Resident Evil on PC. It just feels like such a console game for I, some reason. No, I played it on PC. Oh, okay. And it actually worked really well on PC, yeah. No, I, because I, to be I honest, had I was playing friends Resident on, on at PC, night. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Res- true. So, yeah, Resident Evil 7 I played on PC. I also played it on, on, on the other platforms, but I actually quite liked it yeah. on PC. So, so the game's coming out on 7th May 2021. And the other big news, and again, yes, these all came out in the leaks, but I didn't really go through the leaks. I don't know if you did either, Swinney, but... Uh, no. That there's a multiplayer game, so it's actually it's not just a mode; it's a multiplayer game that's coming out that well, is free if you have Resident Evil Eight. Yeah, I, I, my take on that is the same take I had with Resident Evil. Oh, sorry, with uh, GTA Online. To me, like unless you release it as a standalone product, which they did with GTA Online later mm. at the start. It's just a multiplayer mode, but they just want to call it something separate. That's all it is. No, I think they're releasing it as a separate game. I think you can buy it. Well, they I... said it comes free with the game, yeah. but they didn't go into the details of whether you can still buy it separately. But I'm that's assuming what, you probably that's can. That's what they did with GTA Online, but yet, okay, that's a shared achievement with mm. GTA Five. It's just the multiplayer mode now. If they release it standalone, I just it hate. Well, I understand from a marketing perspective they do it. It just annoys me from but, a semantics like. It is the <laughs> multiplayer mode of it, just like it is, uh, but it's a completely different re- game. Oh yeah, of course it's like it looks different. different. One's cartoony, one's realistic yeah, it horror. Does look really different. It's a completely but, separate thing. I, I can see it being just part just of the game. They, it's but. the same thing as what they did with um, Resident Evil Three Remake, you know. So anyway, yeah, but that was based mm. on that engine, though. This this looks completely different. It's still using like the, it's it almost still using the engine. Like, it just looks different. I have a lot of thoughts on this game because I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of um, Resident Evil 4. Back in the day, I played on multiple platforms. I'm a huge fan of Resident Evil 7, which is quite a different game. Yeah. So, you know, starting off with what we're just talking about now, it, the the multiplayer component felt like some 
little mobile, crappy mobile game that almost made no sense. Random characters that are normally with each other, trying to kill each other. It just Resident looked Evil. cheap. The animations weren't <laughs> great. Yeah. It just felt like it felt like they they outsourced it to a separate studio, paid relatively little money for it, I reckon, used a hell of a lot of the assets <laughs> that they already had, and you know just created this thing just to get some multiplayer in it, as opposed to doing a proper multiplayer job. But I'll reserve my judgment. It it could end up being fun. It just doesn't look great. I don't think we're I don't think we're alone in just wondering why the hell Capcom still keeps trying to make Resident Evil multiplayer thing. Like they've done it so many times. Umbrella Core being the worst example of it all, but that was a standalone thing. But it's I, like, I feel like you could make a good co-op Resident Evil game. I, I do well, believe you could do they've that. They've done them before, and some of them people have liked. Co-op, yeah. but, but in terms of competitive multiplayer, no, but competitive, it's, just, I just, it's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's not the mechanic system. It's like the a me- it's mechanics. the problem. That's the mechanics. Yeah, the it's, mechanics is not designed for for fluid, yeah. fun multiplayer. I mean, it yeah. works, but it it just doesn't really. I, doesn't I have zero well. interest in Reverse, but. But getting back to Resident Evil Village, so they also announced, and I was excited as a newly minted uh, PS5 owner, that there was a PS5 exclusive demo called Maiden. Indeed. Now, prior to the show, show, you were the only known PS5 owner. So you obviously played through all of it, right, Mike, for the show? Yep, all of 10 minutes that it took to finish Oh, you did actually play through it. I thought you were. Yeah, yeah, I finished it. Of course I I was. I I did as well. Like I wasn't going to. How long did it take you? I... So yeah. let's talk about it quickly. I think Why it was, is it about length? It's not all about length. Yeah, I, I know. But <laughs> Go the, on, Mike. It, it wasn't, it, it didn't really have much girth either because everything <laughs> is just so confined. It's very linear, yeah, yeah. It's very linear and very corridor-y. Now, it, it, look, it looked great. It, it was oh, exactly it what I expected. Yeah, the graphics amazing. were, I mean, it, it felt like, you know, the graphics were the graphics that I remembered in Resident Evil 7. Um it was super short, so it was more like a tech demo just to showcase and introduce uh, some of the characters and you don't know who the protagonist is, so you don't even know if you're playing as the actual protagonist from the main game. Ethan. No, no, so you, you know, they say, they've already said that, so you're not, obviously. Okay, there you go. You, you, you play through it, right? You're obviously no, not I played, playing but as that protagonist. No, but it didn't really say that in the game, so I'm saying like you don't, you, mm. I just assumed it wasn't him because it wasn't introduced no, as that. No, it's, you're playing as a female. You're maiden. You're yeah. maiden. It's all women. And without spoiling anything, but I assume by now people may have played it. You meet some of the antagonists in the game. Well, you so, meet the antagonist that everyone's well, the been antagonist, frothy yeah. about on the internet. The very tall vampire, very frothy, yeah, the Romanian uh, vampire yeah, lady, exactly. Uh, and her three uh, daughters, I believe it is. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, so, so that part was really cool and I like the little details. So, so the, the lady, I think her name is Lady Dimitrescu yeah, and the little details are interesting because I actually probably spent about half my game time looking at wine bottles, yeah, trying same, to see if same, it's possible yeah, yeah, to yeah, decipher same. what it says and yeah, yeah. like what, and it actually is. So the wine bottle translated, uh, from Romanian to English says Red Queen. So like oh, I've actually wow. even added That's little awesome. details like that, I think. That's so cool, I'm hoping dude. throughout the game there's a few more, you know, proper now the locale, we don't know where this village is. It's obviously in some place in Eastern Europe. And in Resident Evil 4, I don't think they ever talked about exactly where that village was. I memory. think they said it was Eastern Europe. Maybe they did. Yeah. yeah, but not like the act you know, the actual location or the even the country mm. that it's located in or anything. It's like a fictional sort of thing. But it's clearly inspired with vampires and stuff. The only thing that I, I on that point that I don't know how I feel about is there was definitely a stark difference between how Resident Evil um, 4 played 
and, and the mechanics, the fact that it was a bit more arcadey, actually quite a bit more arcadey, with, you know, like realistic horror elements, but it was more of an arcade game. Whereas Resident Evil 7 went to a first-person, full-on horror. Mm. Um, whereas this is trying to be a bit of both. And I'm not going to say anything yet because I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm totally on the fence about this. I loved 7. I loved 4 because of their own different ways of approaching a game. But this combining both elements, oh, I don't know how it's going to work. Combining both? What are you basing that on? Basing it on the fact that, you know, the way you upgrade weapons. The, so, number seven oh, yeah. felt like a more realistic horror survival experience. Whereas mm. this feels like you're going to get a bunch of guns. You're going to get the the Duke, I think he's called, which is the stranger from number four. Uh, and the mechanic of upgrading stuff like that. It's supernatural horror. So, it's gone away from mm. number seven, which was a lot more... Oh, number, realistic, number seven had a lot of supernatural. Stuff it had it. it had a lot more supernatural stuff. Sure, but I feel sure, like it, it was didn't still have, tame. Sure, it didn't, sure, it didn't have werewolves, but it still had crazy yeah, this, stuff happening. Yeah, but this is more. This is like full on. You know, people turning into fucking insects and flying away, and and vampires and bloody werewolves and all sorts of shit. Like, I think it's 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 a different kind of game. It's not a zombie kind of game. It's 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 more arcadey. And the one thing that I found really interesting is it, it wasn't in the, the demo, but in, in the actual footage it showed it. The crosshair and elements mm. like that, which I think just don't fit the kind of survival horror game. Like, I would turn the crosshair off straight away. It's like this giant destructing cross in the middle of your screen. It just ruins the whole immersion mm. factor of it. And little elements like that, I think, are going to be interesting. And then, and I don't know if they I mean, it's obviously a conscious decision. And if I'm not mistaken, RE7 had two producers... Um, only one of them was left on this and another producer, a new producer, Paul, I think it was Paul. I had, I had notes on it. I actually kept some notes on this one, believe yeah, it or like not. Dalset, uh, Peter, so Peter Fabiano was the new one. So I don't know if, you know, they, they obviously sat down and made a conscious decision to go down a different path to do Resident Evil 7, but also like a spiritual successor to Resident Evil 4. So it might be good. We'll see when it comes out, if it's too arcadey, too actiony. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe maybe it just gets more people to play it as well. So, as I say, I get scared shitless in these games, and I played only like fifteen minutes of Resident Evil Seven. Then I got too scared <laughs> and uninstalled it. And then I pretty much only played this demo. Number one, you know, it'd be good to chat about it on the show, given that I just got mm. PS Five. Uh, but also because they said, "Oh, there's no combat in this game," so I'm like, "Oh, okay, it won't be scary then." And I started playing it. I'm like, "Oh man, I'm scared already." Really. <laughs> like, I did not, not a single, t- in fact, you know, when, I had to tell when myself, the lady appears, this is a video game, this is a video game. It's a video game, dude. I was playing it at, I had, I was playing it at night, had the light switched off. Um, and when, uh, I'm not going to say what, but there's a certain part where there's a character on the stairs mm. and you're supposed to be shocked and scared by it. I'm like, Hey, come back lady, come back. And I started running after her. So I think, I think it's also the way you approach the game. <laughs> I just wanted to make out with the hot vampire lady. Come on. <laughs> It does look cool. I don't know if I'm going to get it when it no, it looks, launches. It looks good, yeah. but it's always hard because these games go on oh. sale so aggressively. Can I? Can I just? So I made. I kept a little. Can't see shit, it. You can't see it. It doesn't matter anyway. I kept a tally of the number of times they either set the word pre-order in the trailer. Oh yeah, of course. Or they had it on screen. They said it five times, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it it's it's, it felt like a lot. It's like you're just constantly being reminded, hey. Pre-order this game, pre-order this game, pre-order this game. 
and they had it on screen three times, including if you bother to actually watch I, the... Hmm? I'm trying to understand why that's a new thing. I mean, just think back no, to... No, no, it's not a, it's not a new back thing. To, think I back just... to shareware days, you know, like that stuff Yeah, was, I know that, you I know even, that, but... You couldn't even quit the game without <laughs> it forcing these, like, <laughs> things that you... I get that, yeah. I get that, but all I'm saying is now, people, we've been burnt enough, even very recently with a certain game that I happen to really love, and I pre-ordered and I don't give a shit, I really enjoyed it, but before you pre-order this game... Just have a think about it. Do you really want to pre-order it? Maybe just wait. See what it's like when it comes out. It's probably going to be good. It looks great. I, I think that's If it very plays like fair. 7 and 4. No, but just just hold off. Hold off. Sure, Just because they sure. keep telling you well, 50 times okay, to pre-order Mike, it. Don't, don't run out and pre-order Mike, it straight are away. you saying hold off because you think this game will be buggy? Or you just don't like no. the idea of pre-orders in general? I... I th- <sighs> Because I, I, I let's don't not think, go down that rabbit hole because any, we could talk about it for hours. No, I don't think any recent Resident Evil games have been super buggy at launch. That's no, 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 no. Sorry, I'm not trying to say it's buggy necessarily. I'm just trying to say, is it going to be a good game? Probably, probably. If it's even if it's a mishmash between multiple types of games, which I think this will be, it's still probably going to be a great game, and I'm more than likely going to get it. Okay, but I'm just saying in general with pre-ordering. And let's not go down that rabbit hole. I think we should have a whole segment on it. Um, just be wary of it. You know, don't fork I, out a hundred bucks. Just wait. Like it's still going to be a hundred bucks when you get it anyway. So it's almost never a benefit of pre-ordering a standard edition of a game. Whereas never. with your world, in the amount of collector's editions you have, it is a bit of a gamble. It's like yeah. if you don't yeah. pre-order those things, often they'll just sell out. Like yeah, of course. You know, and, and they, the they ones do, you really yeah. want are the ones that sell out. Because the ones that yeah. are still available, like The Last of Us Part Two, still available, Doom Eternal, you can still get that collector yeah. edition. There's so. a benefit well, cheaper if, now too. There's mm. a benefit if the if you if it's a if it's a game with a limited release, which I tend to buy a lot on release oh, day. Yeah, that's so different. things that's different. things like yeah. uh, from European developers and stuff. They generally yeah. JB Hi-Fi might only get two or three copies in on release. Yeah, of course, true. stuff like so, that. Absolutely, well, we're not, yeah, okay. There. Yeah, I should say, like, we're not talking but about... But AAA like titles and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you're going to struggle to find Resident Evil Village <laughs> at your local EB game. Oh, of course I don't not. think so. Yeah. So, and it I, definitely I, feels like the kind of game that will go down in price. Seven went down in price fairly quickly from memory. Seven's free on, like, lots of so, stuff, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I still haven't got through Seven, but this does look really, really cool. So I'm It's worth playing Seven. Seven's really cool. One last thing I, sorry, I really me. want to quickly say about this, speaking of scary, is they made no mention of VR. Yeah, because there's no I, PSVR, man. They're waiting for that. Well, I know. I, so I can kind of see why I guess they haven't announced it. And they probably will introduce it later like they did with number seven. I never played seven properly in VR, but from the bits that I played, oh, it's incredible. Like It's the, it's the kind of game that's just so good for VR. I've got some it, stuff about VR. We'll, we'll talk about it later because it's a story about VR yeah. as the last story. All right, let's get into the next story, which is starting our acquisition stories, which is the stack. Uh, my favorite publisher, not uh, the Italian publisher 505 <laughs> Games, has bought out Australian puzzle RPG developer Infinity Plus 2. Uh, this is quite a small acquisition, isn't it, Swinney? It's like like 4 or $5 million, which is so cheap, really. It um, is. And this um, the reason why I put this at the top of the acquisition stories mm, is because... I know why. Well, because I'm very familiar with the games from this developer. Yeah, and I actually yeah, really, cool. really enjoy the work that they do. Um, so they're based in St Kilda in Melbourne, 
Mm. Um, and just like uh, we'll also talk about another Aussie developer from Melbourne next story, but they were previously known as Infinite Interactive, which a lot of people may know as the more um, well-known name because that was what they developed the Puzzle Quest and Puzzle Quest 2 uh, games under. Whereas yeah. it, essentially they've been Infinity Plus 2 in the era of Gems of Gems of War, which is their big current game. Um, but yeah, they're very much known for their the puzzle uh, RPG games. Uh, my favourite being actually Puzzle Chronicles, which was a very not very well known game that was released in the 360 era. But I actually liked the mechanics of it quite a bit. But yeah, they um, they acquired for 4.5 million, and a couple of days later, they announced Puzzle Quest 3, which is awesome, but has a caveat. Um, so. Mm. Puzzle Quest Which and is... Puzzle Quest 2 are very well regarded, but they're, they're games that you buy, they're standalone. Okay, cool. Gems of War is this huge free-to-play game across consoles and mobile that I sunk, honestly, a lot of money into. And I just couldn't keep up with... They added 23 title updates with achievements to this game. 23 title updates. To the point where there's another one and everyone's just like, oh no, we have to like go back to this game again. Because it's a fun game, but <laughs> at some point you're like, I just want to be done with it. But Can I we just go back to a sec? How much did you actually sink into this game? I don't know. It's the only free-to-play game. What's ballpark? Ballpark. I don't it know. wasn't a free game, obviously. It was absolutely oh, not it was, a free game, clearly. It, <laughs> it, was, it was easily the cost of what you'd buy a game for. For like a hundred bucks, you just sunk a hundred bucks into this game. I don't think it was quite that much, but <laughs> I like it. was it like sixty-eight dollars? Maybe sixty or eighty bucks. I probably sunk wow. a little bit. To, six or eighty. So bucks. there's actually I don't. This know, is I'm Mike not, with you know how many versions oof. of Cyberpunk, including yeah. a console version that doesn't but even I, work. But I I've really got I, five. Thank you very yeah. much. But I really liked the game, and I'm like, okay, I want to complete it, and this is going to be the and and I was happy to support them because they're Australian. And also, yeah, I like you guys. Yeah, and That's I like the Puzzle Quest like games. There's actually yeah. a pretty funny story. There's um, uh, I don't I'm not, I don't watch a lot of Rooster Teeth stuff, but there's a guy from Rooster Teeth by the name of Jeff. I think he's one of the founders, and the he would always really have teeth. He would actually talk about Gems of War all the time, and he's like, "Oh man, I finally finished this game," and then they had an achievement that's named after him. That's like you know, sorry, oh, Jeff, really? or something like that. That's, so, that's awesome. That's, that's a real Aussie sense of humour. Yeah, like it's really, it's really cool. cool. I would so, love to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I reckon this, I don't know how I feel about this, but if it gets, if we know that Australian game development industry has been, has always struggled quite a bit. And you've mm. got these developers, like they've been around since, um, I think about mid 2000s. Um, and, not quite as long as the next uh, Aussie developer we'll talk about. They're a bit older, mm. but it's we we know that there's so many businesses that just go under because the industry just isn't great here. So it if this helps keep it alive, then I'm all for it. But yeah, I'm kind of oh, yes, yeah, sorry, go. No, I'm just saying, but I don't know. I, we'll see how. My hope is that they don't essentially just acquire them and take the IP. You know? So this is my worry. So my worry, my my worry is exactly that. It's twofold. And the second thing is, all of a sudden, if most of the Aussie companies or Aussie gaming companies are actually just owned by foreign entities, it's not really, I feel like it's 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 not really that Aussie company anymore. And the orders that they take and where the profits go, I feel like instead, why, you know, we need more lobbying to get the Australian government to support 
the gaming component of, and I know we do some of that, but I they, feel like we they don't, don't do enough. They don't care no, no, no. about. They don't. I know they don't care about. It, no, but at no, least got, then you keep in, it, Mike. Just to jump in there, so it's like the opposite. If anything, they actually removed a grant that That's um that ridiculous team, team Cherry used to develop Hollow Knight. So they, they actually that was helpful for them. And there's some mm. other games recently as well. It was um, Untitled Goose Game that also had support from the Victorian government to get made. Yep. But they're actually reversing a lot of those things. It's, and they're see, putting it into TV and film in Australia, so, which look, I, to me which, is the look, opposite. It doesn't need that at all because some of the big productions are coming here because they get tax yeah, breaks. Exactly. And honestly, like gaming is so much more interactive. You can have a team like Team Cherry, which nominally is three people, make a game mm. that I know you guys don't love, but... It is loved by a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And it's a great game. Just three guys making that, you know? So, yeah, it's an absolute to me, it's very logical to support that, you know? So It is. And so, this is why I get annoyed. The fact that I'm more, I'm not so much annoyed at this acquisition or anything like that. I'm just annoyed that these, these international, massive international companies come over, gobble up Australian IPs, gobble up Australian companies, instead of us actually investing that money locally. Mm. And then you get, you, you get tax back. You think these companies are going to love paying a hell of a lot of tax in Australia? Probably not. There's, 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 it's, there's all these things that I think are just negative about this whole I, thing. I will clarify. I don't know if they the Puzzle Quest IP is owned by them. I, my assumption it is, but I don't know if that is the case. So I just want to make sure that mm. you know I didn't say that on 100%. And the last thing I just want to say on it, and I'm not like correcting you, Swinney, but because I don't think you, you mean it in the way you're saying it maybe, but I, I think the gaming industry in Australia is very good. There's a lot of good people in the industry. It's just not structured very well in a way that supports big studios. I guess I'm still thinking like 10, 10 to 15 years ago when we had a whole bunch of Team studios closed down. Yeah, yeah, but even like Infograms was here, like Atari set up shop. Here. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that just probably was never going to work. Well, but... To, to me, this is kind of like closing a studio down in some ways because you're effectively no, just now... Well, no, no, no. no. Look, I... They the just people announced that a new get game. To... <laughs> what? Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I think the people that get to work on this are, are of course, living in Australia. Great, that's awesome. But there, it, there's no difference between, you know, this and you working for Amazon US and sure. working remotely from Australia. It's the same shit, right? These, you know, they, they now belong and... Everything they do is now governed probably and dictated by a company overseas. It's not really an Australian development studio oh, anymore in I that think sense. Just sorry, I think when I mentioned the caveat Puzzle Quest 3 before, I think I forgot to actually completely say the caveat was that it's free to play. And I started yeah, going yeah, off yeah, about yeah, Gems that's right. you didn't no, say yeah, it. No, yeah, yeah. So yeah. everyone's very nervous about that game because it's free to play and Well, if yeah, it's anything it like Gems of War, then they know it'll be well supported. But it's really we'll see what whether or not the design is. is It'd be well supported by the whales, but then the general public may not like it, right? No, I'm saying well supported because they supported Gems of War updates for oh, years, yeah, yeah. And years and years and yeah. years. And look, like maybe it's not your take, Swinny, but my take is like there's a lot of good talent in Australia for game dev. Oh, uh, that's not what I meant, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think I, I think Australia it just would find it very very difficult to support AAA title development. It has done that in the past. Like Alain Noir is the example that most people go to. But yeah, I think even with these stories, you know, you get to see a lot more indies in Australia and I wish the government would support them a lot more because yeah, I, I think absolutely. there's a lot of sure. folk out there that can make a lot of really cool stuff. And maybe, maybe let's get on to the next Aussie acquisition. <laughs> it's a bit dark. Yep, the big one too. Yeah, no so this intended. is um, Nacon, a French publisher, 
have developed, uh, sorry, have acquired Big Ant Studios. So they're based in South Bank, Melbourne, and they're famous for the cricket and tennis titles. So Australian Open, one and two, and then also uh, the cricket titles. So the Ashes and all the, basically all the big cricket games that have come out in the last decade, they've developed all of them. They've also done a lot of port work for the Spyro series and then also Halfbrick, which is a Brisbane developer in Australia who make uh, Jetpack Joyride and the Fruit Ninja games. So they were acquired for a maximum price of $54.8 million. Is that Aussie dollars or Good US question. dollars? I'll see Probably US. Can... It's, it's I imagine like it is US. US. I imagine and it US wasn't US. in cash, oh, was US. Okay. obviously. A, a component of that was in shares. Ah, okay over X amount of years, and yeah, it wasn't just like, here's yeah, $54 there was million, a, dollars, off you go. There was a lot of like financial information. I'm just like, I'm just going to take what was in the headline of the Kotaku article. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this is something <laughs> This is something Intergod would be more across <laughs> with, this, with this finance background. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I think like all of this stuff, and I've said it in other shows, you get to see so much consolidation in the gaming industry because, you know, for us, we've always followed gaming, you know, more, more you guys for consistency. Um but gaming is becoming massive. Like even in the last couple of years, it's grown by like 20 to 40% from a revenue perspective, which is bonkers given that it was already bigger than Hollywood. Um, so a lot of money is going into it and people are just going, why are there like these little studios that are developing well-known games? It's from an economic point of view, it makes no sense because, you know, they've got to have to spend money on all these you know, peripheral things like marketing, PR, all this kind of stuff, which is not the core of what they do. So from an economic perspective, it makes sense that the publishers go, well, we can scale that up. You don't need to do that kind of stuff. Just make the game. Um, So I I just feel like this whole year, we're going to hear heaps of these stories, heaps of these small devs getting... And then my prediction would be, you're going to see more of these smaller publishers, almost these you know, A, double A size publishers get swallowed up by the bigger publishers as well. So I feel like the whole year is going to be populated with that kind of stuff. And interestingly, Nacon's actually publishing my number two most anticipated game of 2021, which is still rising. So yeah, Interesting, hmm. interesting. I'm not Again, very familiar though, with the European publishers like 505 and Nacon and stuff like that. What were we about to say, Mike? No, I was going to say, again, I just wish we kept it local. I'm a filthy immigrant, but I'm very passionate about trying to keep things local. I try to buy as much local stuff as I can, locally grown fruit. What, what's the locally grown? What's the game development scene uh, like in Romania? Have they got any developers? <laughs> I actually think they do. They're, they're surprisingly really, really big on tech, I might which look is why it up. they have. I might look it up. They have. Um, I don't know. I don't know how big they are in games. They do have Ubisoft. I know they worked on stuff like. Um, what was that that dog fighting the plane game Squadron? that Ubisoft did? No, oh. Ubisoft. It's like Sky Hawk X or something. I forget what the name of it was. So I know they worked. They they did a Hawks. bunch of games. Hawks. 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 That's the one. I don't know if they're big on it. They're big on tech in general. Like one of the biggest um, antivirus software is Bitdefender, which is oh, a Romanian company. Romanian. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of little things, which is also why I think the government invested money in their internet infrastructure for them to, at one stage, they were like the fifth fastest or something in the world. It's better you than wouldn't Australia, think that. Sure. Oh, yeah, it's still better than Australia. It's <laughs> insane. I mean, I've... there were there's literally there's literally people, and I'm I'm not even kidding you, there are literally people 
right now probably well i don't know about the time zone but you know what i mean that are on a horse, horse and cart because there's still there's still quite a lot of people that literally have horses <laughs> by and the carts way can there. i just quickly say you're, I'm not making you're this a romanian up. you're romanian so you're allowed even to if say i wasn't i'll still say this shit but i am <laughs> so i'll beg out the eastern europeans as much as i want so there are literally like last time i went to eastern europe i still saw that stuff i saw people with their family on a horse and a cart okay. going along in the village and they pull out their phone, they pull out their iPhone or whatever they have, and they've got a faster internet connection on that thing than we have in Australia. It's insane. <laughs> By the so... way, I, just, I found an article from, it's from 2015, so it could be very outdated, but apparently quite a few um, publishers like Ubisoft, uh, Gameloft, King, you know, that make Candy Crush, uh, even yeah. EA, they've actually got they've had studios and people working from Romania before yeah, different games. Are, so that's yeah. pretty cool. So. Yeah. But you know what? This is the thing. Because it's cheap labor. It's, you know, people are Relatively, just... Relatively, e- yeah, it would be. Yeah. Dude, but people are just equally yeah. smart in Romania as they are in Germany, but yeah. they're one third the price. Pretty much. And I mean, to be so. honest, CD Projekt Red, it's in Poland. And yeah. the, the wages are about one third of California game dev companies. Hey, Assassin's Creed Rogue was developed in part in Romania, so there you go. Interesting, there you go. There you go. There you go. Why not something new? And you're right, Hawks. Not... Hawks is definitely on this list Hawks as well. Was? So yeah. Cool, okay, there you All go. Right, That's well, the only one I remember. Let, let's, and, let's... and that Agent 47 was born in Romania. <laughs> let's round out our acquisition news uh, with yep. some news that I'm, I've got my eye very well kept yeah. on. <laughs> so, uh, Opera. So, as far as I'm aware, like I only know them as a web browser manufacturer. Yes, and one same. That, Almost no one else knows about, apart from nerds like me, have bought Game Maker Studio developers Yo-Yo Games. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. I don't think there was a disclosed sum of how much they bought it for, but yeah, shillings, like, so mere it, shillings. I didn't even know about this, but Opera is now moving away from just trying to compete directly with Firefox and Chrome, which to me is a pretty smart idea, uh, and they're really trying to find the niche of a gaming browser. So the idea is you jump in there and what they're reporting is that you can minimize everything. So you can minimize the CPU usage, the RAM usage. And, you know, it's something that I don't really appreciate enough of. There's a lot of people Mm. that play games in the browser. I'll just clarify. It's a a special version of the Opera browser called Opera GX. And if you actually look, if you look up screenshots or on their website, like it's, I don't know. It actually looks pretty cool, like, if that's what the default is. It looks <laughs> okay. really neat. Yeah, I but it makes sense, it. right? Because I, I installed yeah, it on go. my PC, right? And I uninstalled it pretty quickly. It, it, <laughs> Why? Well, because, like, I really like a browser experience. To be able to gets, browse? gets out of my way. Like, <laughs> right, I had, like, a sidebar, a top bar, and I started customizing uh, it. I'm like, oh, my God. But the one thing I will say is... It does but you have can a, still go to, like, Pornhub and stuff on this thing, right? <laughs> i got to edit the hell out of this video. What's um, wrong with that? I, I It's a website. Everyone I just, knows I just, about it. I just want it to get out of my way and I just want to be able to like browse or go on Twitch or do all that stuff. It does have really cool things like picture in picture is like default baked into it, all the ad blocking stuff. It does have a lot of stuff on, you know, how much each tab is using, how much RAM and stuff like that, but I don't really know why I need to know that. No, I don't, probably just, not. I, look, but, it makes a lot of sense from a business point of view to go, yes. we need to be different. Exactly. But I don't know. I don't know. Like the whole HTML gaming thing to me is like a scene that I'm just not familiar with, but it's pretty yeah, big. Yeah, but it could be, it could be the, it could be a, so I think maybe they're seeing 
the emergence of streamed gaming. Mm. Uh, and I think they kind of went exactly what you said. Well, we can't really compete against massive behemoths mm. of well-established browsers. Why would they, why would people download Opera? What's the niche market that we could get into and be the pioneer and be the number one in that? And I feel like they're, it's a smart move getting yeah. into something like that. And it's a really smart move gobbling up things like your, your games for tighter browser integration. Because if I'm not mistaken, one of the one of the options you can download for your for Game Maker is the ability to publish into HTML5. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, so, so I so, can kind of see the link and the tie-in. And I probably I should benefit. say from the start, because the reason why I'm so interested in this is because I've got Game Maker Studio 2. I use it a lot. And I'm using it to develop a game, which I'm trying to publish this year. Um, so for me, the Good fate of that. this studio and, <laughs> and this, what they're doing... This studio... He's like down there, really <laughs> going, whoa, geez, like, I hope they stick around. I hope they don't move away because... Team one. <laughs> Team one. That's what you should call your studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've already, I've already got a name for it. Should I tell you the name? Yeah, what's the name? It's called Yena Games. Yeah, that, that actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> I get um, it. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I'm really nervous that something's going to happen to Yo-Yo Games because I need them. Because what I would say is Game Maker... Uh, studio and then probably Godot, uh, like really, really good pieces of software for people what, who is want that like to. Gal Godot is it spelled the same? Yeah, uh, G O D O T. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> but I don't so... think you meant to say Godot for her, right? You meant to say Godot, right? I thought it's Godot. Anyway, I don't anyway, I don't every time I see her, I'm speechless and I can't <laughs> say anything. Anyway, <laughs> you're breathtaking. Um, <sighs> She's so, so yeah, for me, it's really important. And Game Maker, people have built like really amazing games with it, like Undertale, Rivals of Ether, Hyperlight Drifter, Downward, yeah. like Splunky, That's like really heaps, ones, of, yeah. heaps of amazing games. So it's a very good system. Some if you want to, to come just... out AFL game, I <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think it's like if you don't have as much time, it's an amazing game, and you're very small. Like I wouldn't recommend it if you're trying to make a big game like you definitely want to use something like unity or unreal engine you reckon My you can make cyberpunk in it <laughs> no i don't think so okay. and it's also very much like are you making a 2d game if you're making a 2d game it makes a lot of sense if you're I making mean, a 3d game godot would be what i'd choose there's some or unity there's selling, some yeah. brilliant games that oh amazing games. Games. oh yeah hell yeah yeah it's, uh, Look, I, I hope this actually just means it's gonna get even more investment and even more you know, energy behind it. Um, I reckon so it will. They're staying yeah. in Scotland. Yeah, like, and I just, I hope nothing happens to it because to be honest, if anything negative happens, because I do want to publish this on Switch at least and just say like they remove that functionality and only make it HTML and Windows, man, that would really annoy me. Like that would really, really annoy me. It yeah, could happen. So, so Yo-Yo, uh, Yo-Yo devs and owners, we don't care about you. Clearly, it's whatever <laughs> Intergod gives a shit about <laughs> whether hey, what, it will like, affect dude, him or not. If you out. lose your jobs, whatever, we don't care. You guys sold out too bad, so sad. Just, <laughs> they're, just they're, you know, as long as he can still make his game by the end of the year. <laughs> they're millionaires, man. Well, now, we don't right? know. We don't know. Maybe, like I said at the start of the show, maybe they gave him shillings. Mere no, shillings. They're definitely millionaires. They're definitely millionaires. Probably, of course, yeah. And well-deserved, yeah. I reckon, because it's an amazing tool. Oh, it's awesome. Because have you decided really cool. where you're making your game? I've decided when I'm making my no, game, what, and like it will what probably software? be sometime mid-December. <laughs> no, but what software are you going to use? No, Game Maker. I already oh, you it. are making Game Maker? Yeah, yeah, oh, I bought so it. You when you told me about it, well, it yeah. I went straight onto the website, I hit that buy button, and <laughs> That doesn't mean you I made a it. game. <laughs> oh. 
Even though I shouldn't judge too much because I haven't done that much on my. Well, I don't know. I think you've done a hell of a lot more than I did, Mm. which is to stare at a blank screen, deciding (laughs) if I should double click the game maker icon to start it. (laughs) I don't know if it's got a good point and click. You're going to make a point and click game, right? No, 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 no. If I was going to go down the adventure path game, there's a different engine I was going to use. What kind of of game are you going to make? I'm probably going to go down the the card making game. Like a card game. Like think Slater Slater oh, Spyro. Nice. Something that's yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say achievable, but more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> that is more realistic. It is it, hell, realistic. it definitely isn't achievable, but yeah. Yeah. And what, what anyway. are you gonna make a game, Swinney? Yeah, Swinney. Another I'm, one. I'm I'm happy to be to consume games, not make <laughs> them. Not to create them. What happened to your RPG that you made? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. What's it called again? Uh, Tales of the Swinney. It's called Vanguard Hearts. Vanguard Hearts. That's it. That's a cool name. That's that's like such an RPG name. That's what it was. But that's what it was meant to be. It was. I know. I know. I know. It It was a negative. (laughs) Um, So I was using RPG Maker 2000, um, and I we're old. I probably sunk into. I don't know, about maybe, I reckon over a thousand hours into making that wow. thing. Um, and I had a lot of fun. So it's not like wow. it wasn't wasted. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, yeah, of course. I just realized that's what that it's about in the end. What where, I where wanted is to it? do, where, where the experience. Oh, it's probably stored on some old hard so you still drive have somewhere. It. It's probably some floppy somewhere. Disks somewhere. It may be on a hard drive that's failed now. So maybe I've lost it, but I don't know. Um, maybe, yeah, I just like my, maybe I could 200 it. bitcoins. I'm happy, like, I even sat there using their, like, if-then statement builder thing to actually create a custom um, battle sequences and stuff, which a lot of people did, but a lot of people did that. They're a lot better at that kind of stuff than me. So I I felt like I achieved some cool stuff in it. Well, you you learned scripting from that, I remember. Well, you were, like, forced to. Scripting within the RPG Maker 2000 kind of world, yeah. 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 Yeah, You really got into it. It was amazing. I, I remember playing the uh, the demo of that. <laughs> no joke, legit. Like, Swinney has really done cool. more game dev than us two combined. <laughs> yeah. Well, way more, actually. Like, <laughs> and, you know, even if I release a game by the end of more. the year, that still would be true. <laughs> that would still probably be true. Well, I don't know. We'll see how it many would. hours we put into Dude, this thing. Dude, a thousand, a thousand hours well, is we'll half split a it year, up. full-time job. 500 each. 500 hours each. <laughs> yeah, that's combined still a quarter effort, of a full-time job for a year. Yeah, I know. So we're screwed. There's no way we can beat that. We cannot beat that. <laughs> all right, let's move well, on to the well next done, story. I'm, I'm very excited. We've had a acqu- all business stuff, acquisitions. I love that kind of stuff. And then now, Amiibo. So we, <laughs> we had this funny announcement about this competition <sighs> in Japan, which is of a gold variant Amiibo for the Monster Hunter Rise game. So the three... Ooh, <laughs> so excited. Ooh, wow, look these. out. These oh, are amazing. I'm just... Falling back on my... I can't actually fall back on my chair because... This, this, uh, this is not actually the first time they've done this. So with Monster Hunter Stories, they also did a gold and silver amiibo as a promotion. I believe also at 7-Eleven. Uh, and then you've also had a gold Mega Man 11 amiibo. Well, I would just love to see these amiibo because I wonder... You know, they, they haven't said how many they're making... They've only said that as part of the competition, there's 711 prizes total, but that's not the Amiibo 711. It's They're a component of all the prizes you can get in this competition. Um, so do you reckon yeah. I should go on to the Yahoo? Because Yahoo, for whatever reason, is the biggest... Yahoo is like the eBay for Japan. That's where all the auctions happen. 
on hmm, Yahoo. Interesting. Didn't know that. Uh, should I jump on Yahoo Auctions Man. in translation mode and buy some of these? Yeah, buy some. Review them. Still, waste your money on it. Just still surprised hmm. Yahoo is a thing. Like, I guess in Japan, it must be because of all the. Do you remember that um that comedian uh, Japanese comedian Hard Gay Ramen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. it must have, remember he goes to the Yahoo offices. He's like Yahoo. Uh, <laughs> Guess it's well marketed over there compared to everywhere else. Oh, I'm actually checking this because you guys can't tell my wife this, but tell your wife what? I'm very nervous because you know how I always do bidding on eBay for amiibo. Oh yes, there's a very rare amiibo which is Box Boy. I don't know if you can see this. I'm just trying to make sure I don't show any details that I shouldn't. So there's like this Box Boy amiibo, and. I, I stupidly was like, okay, these normally sell for like 400 bucks, so I'll just bid like $100 what on it. The heck? Which I always thought like $100, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to pay $100 for it, right? It is ridiculous. <laughs> but what I'm very nervous about is no one's bidding on it. <laughs> right? So I'm like, holy shoot, like I'm going to end up. You might actually spend auction. $100. Bucks. Well, hey, look, if they're <laughs> worth more than that, then go ahead. Why don't you, why don't you, here's a better idea. Why don't you stop talking about bloody amiibos on this podcast? And instead, start an amiibo dedicated website, Twitter. <laughs> It'll be called like Amiibo Watch. All right, all or something. right. Let's let's know. move on. Let's move on from and this then, gold story. Let's I'm move kidding, on. by the way. You can talk about it. As much let's as move you want. on from amiibo. Let's move on to the next story. So the next story is: we now know when the Monster Hunter amiibo are coming to Australia <laughs> and how you can buy them. <laughs> oh my god! Swerve. I didn't even look at that part in the run sheet. Swerve. <laughs> So I knew it was I, coming. As, as I said, as I said last week or the week prior, I was like, "Where is the Monster Hunter Amiibo? What's happening with them?" Because Nintendo specifically said Nintendo Australia said they're coming to Australia, but we've got to announce it at a later date how they're coming to Australia. And also By recently, plane. and I've got it in the video, um, Nintendo in Australia took down their eBay page because they oh. they had an official eBay account. Um, and I've bought things from Nintendo eBay. Yeah, why? Why did I buy stuff from Nintendo eBay? <laughs> I know why you buy stuff from Nintendo eBay. That's a rhetorical question. Oh, why did they take it down? Oh, it's obvious uh, because, you know, if you sell on eBay, it's like a 15% commission ballpark. Um, yeah, it's 10 yeah. No, it depends on how you sell. But Whereas if they sell it directly on their website, there's none. None of those sort of like, you know, middle Yeah, end. of course, yeah. Um, yeah. And they, their shipping is really expensive. And also, like, their free shipping levels are ridiculous. It's like $80 you need to spend oh, <laughs> to get free shipping. And not, not just Australia. that. they The pricing of the, the controllers, the SNES controllers, I think, was $79.95. No, I don't think that's right. Yeah. And there was nothing of the NES controllers, the two NES controllers. The, the, full, the normal retail price was... Uh, unless They're on special at the moment, probably. But yeah. they were $79.95. So you couldn't even get those on... On free shipping, and you can't buy oh, yeah, anything yeah, for five yeah, cents. Yeah, yeah. I know, I it's know like, no, I can't get I these. <laughs> no, no, no. The Nest controller is thirty nine ninety five. Australian? The, the sorry, the sorry, Nest controller the, is thirty nine ninety five. But the NES controller, you're the right. NES controller, the NES is seventy nine ninety five. Yeah, 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 that's right. So you I've got both of those, by the way. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, not, look at my face. Do I look surprised? No, so with the Monster I'm Hunter not. Amiibo, the only issue or you know thing about it is. They said that they will be released and available on the twenty sixth of March, when the game. Why is that comes an out. issue, sorry? Well, it's just because they're not very specific with it. You can't pre-order it normally with Amiibo. Like anything that's limited, you pre-order it. As when you were saying earlier in the show, pre-order it, then you've locked it in. Sweet. 
But with yeah. these, it's no pre-order. And with Nintendo, they're really bad mm. with their online store. It's very easy to just like buy multiple things. So. Well, that's what. Yeah, but that's the problem with with pre-orders. I actually think it's better if it's just launched to people that go there. They'll get it. Whether yeah, it's but in the store then you get people or... like me with bots and stuff like that. So, and well, no, I'm... I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you have to sell it online. But I wish, yeah, I'm just, I'm that. just on the new my Nintendo store for Australia, and I've got. Mm. The Super Mario Home and Party 8-bit party design tablecloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For $48. A (laughs) tablecloth. Hey, laugh it up. Intergod already has it. What do you (laughs) think he's he's podcasting from? (laughs) (laughs) He he doesn't just use any regular tablecloth. Come on. I do need to buy some stuff. So I'm going to wait until the Amiibo come out and then I can just pull it all together into one transaction. And then justify the shipping. shipping. What's free? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, what's three over eighty? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, will be. With you can always get the tablecloth if you need to. You know, bump it up a little. bit. Because I want to get the lanyard for my wife, the little smart card holder lanyard, because she likes that kind okay. of stuff. So, yeah, no. So the new Nintendo store looks really good. They've had it in the US and the UK for a long, long time now. So it's good that we have it over here. And you can also get rewards there as well. So if you have a certain amount of platinum coins, you can actually convert them into free items. So I really actually want to get the. The Zelda Shield or the Link Shield, um, Hi- Hylian Shield, uh, for the back of the smartphone, so it can stand up a little I, ring holder thing. I really oh, like yeah. I really like cool. the Boo sleep mask. It looks like Boo covering his eyes. Oh, I do be, like that it, as well. Cool. I was it's thirty, about it's 30 cool, bucks, yeah. so yeah. It's, I know, it's so much. You could probably just like make your own somehow, but it's looks. I cool. wish they had a mask. I really wish they had a mask. If they had a mask, I'd definitely get it. Like an official. <laughs> Nintendo mask. Something about that just make me laugh. Um, so yeah, there, there you go, Mike. No more amiibo news. Just uh, I know <laughs> moved up from it. I know he's. Uh... Oh, that, that's such a shame. Oh, man, <laughs> all these all these shills with their bloody Nintendo <laughs> so, products. Why Mike, do people waste money on this crap? Mike, so, you I... know that there's a lot of people that appreciate us talking about amiibo on this on this show. <laughs> I know that, and know you've that. just pissed them I all kid. off. And Mike, just, Mike, come on. You, I will double down. I'm not going to do what those those companies do where they we're gonna go lose, back and they we're gonna take... Lose. No, I'm doubling down. Screw all of you. We're going to lose Mike half causes. our subscribers now, you know. I'd say Mike causes half, <laughs> of, half of, even more than half of our angry comments on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> like, he had an angry comment hey, about Arcade hey. 1UP saying, like, they, doesn't he know? He's just, like, been under a rock. Are you out of the loop? They've sold two million cabs. Anyway. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people who buy a lot of stupid shit, you know? <laughs> oh, God. It's just like, no, so there's oh, a visual... you know, people buy stupid crap. What am for I the, supposed to do about for that? The audio <laughs> listeners, for the audio listeners, there's a visual gag because Mike has got his little pal, his like Mario Brothers pal coffee cup oh. right now that he's holding up. It oh. actually looks like a terrible coffee cup because it's got a flat edge. Dude, it's it's absolutely crap. <laughs> well, while we're, while we're, have, while we're having a go at our listeners, can I have a go at the Contra board game commenters? No, that's no let's move on. All right. By the way, Mike, no, hang I need, on, hang no, no, Mike, hang Mike, on, Mike, hang Mike, on. I need you for the next Listeners, article. listeners, I'm only kidding. I buy a lot of trash. Oh, that's even worse than the A lot of works. things that I say are in jest. He's got you this, know, like, micro... I got a little micro Pac-Man. Pac-Man. It, do- okay, it doesn't, doesn't even do play Pac-Man. Oh, it's clock. just an o'clock. It's a bad Who makes these things? <laughs> At least it's anyway. more, oh there's God. more usefulness to that than the Super Mario game of Watch. I, have <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. A bloody pillow. What am I supposed to even do All right, come this? on, Mike. Let's move on because we're running long already. All right, so in our final piece of news, uh, the uh, we had a report from Bloomberg. So this is from Mark Gurman who is the biggest Apple leaker or reporter. 
um, breaks a lot of stories of new things that Apple are working on, sometimes wrong, so we have to take it with a grain of salt, but it appears that Apple have long-term view to develop AR technology, but prior to that, they are going to release, as early as next year, a VR headset. Um, and the VR headset they're talking about, in very typical Apple fashion, they said it's going to be significantly or at least moderately more expensive than other units that are available right now. And it's going to be similar to something like the Oculus Quest 2, where it's an all-in-one offering, where it's got a battery, it's got a compute unit, everything's built and integrated into the headset itself. So you don't need a PC to support it. So Mike, as the biggest supporter of VR, even though you Mm. never play it, Mm. what do you think of this Apple VR unit that is reported to come out next year? I have one question. Yeah. What does it mean when you say take it with a grain of salt? I don't get it. Is it because you're... That's a good question. What do you mean? Well, you just said take it with a grain of salt. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) It's a saying. Don't you know that saying? (laughs) Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> I don't get what it like, means. You know what? I sat there and I thought to myself as he said that. I'm like, I don't actually know what that means. You don't know the saying? No, no, I know no, the saying. saying but I, know I don't what know what it, what it means, means. But what does it mean? You know? Like, oh, what's the oh, etymology of it? Yeah, like, what's, what's yeah. the etymology? I don't know. Why would you take something with a... Yeah. I don't know. Am I meant to know all of the etymologies <laughs> of all the sayings? We don't even know what, where fed income comes from. So can I use these yeah, words okay, even if enough. we don't know? Um... Yeah, so like, what do you yeah, think of so, this? Yeah, uh, so, I read the articles. I have a Quest. Really? I have a PSVR. I don't use them enough, I get it, but I'm, I'm huge on the whole VR You're thing huge, in the sense that dude, I think I think it's going to be big. I five, really do think. Five I think years ago, you were like, VR is going to be the main way that people I was. Play. And I wish I put some, you know, I bought some shares in some VR companies of some sort. Well, they would have um, lost money. I don't. So, from what I've read, this is this is basically meant to be a thing that's a precursor to AR. Yeah. Now, the I don't know if I necessarily think AR is going to be as big as they think it will be. I have no idea. I, I was wrong on these things before. It might be. It might be the next big thing. Um, other than Pokemon Go, as you guys said, I just don't see a lot of use that people actually, I see a lot of potential use, but I don't see a lot of actual use of AR technology, even on mobile phones. And that technology exists and it's fairly advanced already. So having a pair of glasses that does some of that, I can absolutely see the cool things you could do with it. I just don't know what the adoption will be in the Mm. short term. Whereas I genuinely think that something like a VR headset or the VR tech, whilst it's a bit more Columbusum in some ways, they've ironed a lot of that stuff out. So, you know, putting the Quest 2 on, not having to have a cable, none of that stuff. Mm. It feels good. It feels like, okay, this is finally how I want to play oh, wait, this thing. Wait, do you thing. have a Quest 2? I thought you had a Quest No, one. I've got a, the original Quest. But oh, yeah, yeah. It, they don't, it doesn't have wires either. Did you so. say Clumbersome? <laughs> probably. I like that Probably. <laughs> probably. Hey, man, up until I was 12 or something, I didn't know a single word of English other than oh, hello and Mickey Mouse. So shut up! I mispronounced some <laughs> stuff incorrectly. I'm a filthy. Like, I'm just like, I, I'll I'll take that. I deserve that. So uh, so yeah. So I don't know. I, I I find it interesting. So I don't get it. And the price again, speculation. Mm. Take it with a grain of salt. Whatever the hell that well, means. I don't know what what that means. It'd be like a grand, like a grand. 
Yeah. A grand isn't really minimum. that much for VR, though. No, dude, minimum. There's a lot of headsets that are a grand for VR anyway. I think uh, if, if, the way I read the articles, it feels like it's more than a grand. Well, look at um, um, their new over-ear headphones. In that's Australia, grand. Like and a it's grand. just headphones. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just headphones. Yeah. I shouldn't say it like that because they're, they're probably really good. No, they're very, um, good. They're very good. Well, what I think is that, you know, people people still buy it, but it's definitely becoming a bit more of a niche item. You know, when you can buy, do I spend $1,000 of that or do I get the the 1000 MX3s or the Bose QC35s anyway There's cheap alternatives that are amazing going back so anyway to back, back to VR <laughs> i i i think it's cool i think it's too much speculation at the moment i want to see what this thing does when it comes out what there wasn't enough of what differentiates it from other VR products mm. especially if other VR products are so much cheaper and accessible so unless you happen to go, well, I don't want to buy a Quest 2 because I hate Facebook and I want to, I don't want to do the Facebook integration. And the only other choice I really have for like a standalone device like that is maybe this thing. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why they're doing this if they really are releasing it. So I'm going to, I, th- I feel like it's cool to tell people that this thing is coming out, but I feel like we need a bit more information to really assess where they're trying to place it in the market, what they're trying to do with it, what they're hoping to really achieve mm. with this thing. Um, a little too early to say, I think. Yeah, I think for me, because, you know, Oculus is really doing this and I'm so off Oculus given that you now have to have mm. a Facebook account and link it all in. And if you get your Just Facebook account one. blocked, you can't. No, no. If you have your Facebook account blocked, it you then can't use it. bricks yeah. the Oculus. Bricks Wait, it. the whole Oculus? Yeah. Yeah. People are now jailbreaking That wouldn't be Oculus. legal in Australia, surely. Maybe they would not, not, but they'll probably just give you a refund. Like it doesn't mean that they'll reverse. Yeah, I'll be doing. fine. I'll have a refund. Um, you know, get another one. So yeah, I'm very much account. off the Oculus, but you can see strategically what they're doing with the Oculus. They're creating Oculus Quest specific games now. Don't even work on the Rift or mm. like older Oculus versions. And I feel like just Apple would do the, the exact same thing. Like, there's no way that Apple would make something that you could just use as a generic PC VR unit. Of course they will. Yeah. So they will. they'll have it so that, you know, it's all linked in with the iPhone ecosystem yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which I'm just not interested in VR games like that. All, all so, I know mm. is that when this gets announced, the mainstream media and a lot of people will just yeah, act like this is the, a brand new thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Apple. yeah, they'll go, VR, Reinvent we have VR, VR. Oh Remember my God. VR in the 90s, kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they will. Apple You're right, Sweeney, they'll do it. that. That would be mm. so annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling because I don't think the HTC units, for whatever reason, I'm just like, meh. I like the um, Valve Index, but it's so insanely expensive in Australia. Yeah. So, I, the, I'm um, pinning my hopes HP on PSVR really 2. So I'm going to wait until that comes out in a couple of years. Yeah. Because then I can play Astro Bot Rescue Mission and all the rumors are that the PSVR 2 will work on PC natively. That would be really cool. Which the, makes the only- sense because they're moving a lot of stuff into PC, Sony. So I think that would make a lot of sense if they did that. I, I really hope somehow they manage to get rid of the cable though. I almost feel like it's 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 mm, it's very mandatory for success. It's it is, especially on the PSVR, more so than the quest where I just you know, it's a single cable that plugs into the PC, it's not that hard. Setting it up and stuff is a bit more annoying. But know, with that, know, there's so many cables you gotta plug and there's a separate switch box and it's just it's a pain in the butt. Do it. I know so my mate who he was going to stay with his family up here, but because of the COVID restrictions, couldn't. Mm. So then I couldn't play Half Life Alex. So I have this game that I can't play now. 
Um, and it's too late to refund because it's been passed. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, because yeah. I got it on sale. But he is—he is the only person I know who is like a devout VR person. Okay, he uses it every day, religiously for gaming or other things? gaming, and also just watching media. Media. So okay. he'll be in his yeah. bed, media, with his wife, and have like a headset on. <laughs> so he's stuff. watching <laughs> like porn probably while no. she's right there next to him. No, uh, I don't <laughs> I'm know. Edit about this that. show so much. Um, what no. is wrong with saying that? It's no. probably what he no, 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 does. No, 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 no. Let's just move on. So, okay. no, he, he he does both in terms of gaming and also watching media. And media, yeah, you keep it. calling it watching media. He right. has a special Wi-Fi router where he can beam it directly to his Quest Two, so with no wires from the That's PC. From the PC, and he says it's black free. He, he can't even it's tell the good. difference between a hard cable. And the and the wi- like it's like a wow. whatever the Wi-Fi standard is like AC, you know Wi-Fi six or whatever the yep. latest standard yep. is. He's got the six, latest twelve hundred, twelve hundred, whatever, whatever it is. It's latest, like the latest standard for Wi-Fi, and yeah, okay. he's like it's amazing. So huh. that would be really cool if they had that with PS VR two. If yep. it's just like wireless, it has like because you don't even for me personally. I couldn't imagine playing longer than two hours, man. I feel like you'd lose your your mind. You, I have had longer gaming session with Skyrim really? and In stuff VR. like that. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, and it does feel you, you get a little yeah, definitely more exhausted than just looking at a normal screen. Yeah. Plus, it fogs up. There's a few little things like oh, that really? that just. Wow. In, oh, and there was the other. I'm thing. a sweaty boy, so it would definitely. I am fairly up. sweaty, and yeah. I wear glasses as well. So oh, there is that a reminds, double fog. That reminds so me. There's this. Um, so I love watching Giant Bomb stuff, and they for their Christmas specials, they often have VR. And there's this yeah, funny yeah. moment where they like passes a VR headset to someone else, and he puts it on, and it just gets like just sweat or like all of his eyes and everything from the previous person. <laughs> that's, that's and it's, it's just like, like it's oh sweaty. man, it's disgusting. Can we have some outrageous target? Like, I don't know what it is. Like a thousand subscribers on YouTube or whatever you want, Swinny. Uh-huh. Where if we breach that threshold, then you have to play Resident Evil 7 VR and we, we can record <laughs> you playing. Why me? Why me? Because you don't want to do it. That's why. Yeah. You, one, you don't want well, to do it. I two, don't even, you're probably even more scared than. I also don't have a way to play it. So we'll figure that out. We'll you're the one with the PS4. You can borrow my. I have yeah. the PS4. You Intergot, it, you're fine. the one with the PS4. Like, Would you, you're the, the one, the one that's scared of, uh, of scary games. Would you be willing to do that, Twinny? No. Oh, look at this team player. Yeah. All I know is this whole conversation is just making me think we're getting closer to a Demolition Man future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three, three I already, I got my three seashells ready. <laughs> no, which, by so the way, VR chat, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, specifically, let's Mike go back to the track. hotel. No, no, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to go. Down, I track. wasn't going to go down the track. I was just going to quickly say that in Cyberpunk, they have that reference. Mm. If you go into your bathroom, there's three seashells next to it. Which <laughs> it was really true. Cool. It must be true. Hey, so the only thing I was the, the last thing that I just remembered speaking uh, that we were talking about about PSVR. So someone who suffers from ocular retardation. I have astigmatism, and is that the apparently anyway, moving on? No, I'm pretty sure it's called ocular retardation. Okay, I mean, look on. it up. I'm pretty sure that's the official term for it. Go on, go on. Like many scientists agree, that's what it's called. So he is correct. What... He is correct. He's not being offensive. All right, go on, go on, go on. So, so what? What I uh, what 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 I worry about is that apparently this thing doesn't have a doesn't really have room for glasses and stuff. You have you can get lenses, 
So when you buy it, did you see that oh, yeah, part? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. go, you you get custom prescription yeah, lessons, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. What the hell? of course, then they run into the whole prescription issue. But the problem is, as someone who's got astigmatism, where it's not just about the strength or the yeah. negative, positive, far sighted stuff, it's about the angles and stuff. You literally need special prescriptions that yeah. are a certain angle and stuff, and you can't. I highly doubt they'll go down that path. Well, they'll make it available for that level of detail I think they would man because it's Apple. they would have they, to because otherwise you're screwed dude, people you know, like, Apple's like, crazy no, I can't with that stuff thing. Apple will look at it and go how do we get it so people go into a retail store they get their eyes tested or whatever there'll be some and shit like that then they'll have special lenses that they build for it so then it's all yeah. seamless it's like take off your glasses which, and put it on which is cool. cool by the way it's I cool. think it's really cool but, but how much so is Apple. that going to cost I'm you know just going and getting a prescription it's going to be super right. expensive so. I'm going to guess so this is next year so we we'll probably won't even record the guesses but I reckon it will cost <laughs> $1,300 Australian how much do you think it would be I reckon it's going to be one four nine nine Australian. Whoa, okay, jeez. Yeah, we'll we'll do prices right. Swinney, Swinney, you want to have a? Crack well, I was going to say care. I was going to say fifteen hundred. So, well, oh, you okay. still can. No, Maybe so it is fifteen hundred. Maybe it's like fifteen oh one, and you win. So Wait, no, it's prices right rules. So he's pegged you in. Because <laughs> what did you say? Fourteen nine nine five. No, no, forty nine nine. So <laughs> he's really pegged you in then. <laughs> yeah. If it's anything above that, we're both screwed. <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, let's get into my favorite segment of every uh, week. Swinny loves pegging me in. Which is the bargain <laughs> bin. Let's get on. So uh, Epic Games, as always, giving away free games. Galactic, Sil- Galactic Civilization There's going to be let's no context to lead into that. That's the problem. <laughs> let's get on with it. So uh, Nintendo Switch, so there were some digital sales. So Panzer Dragoon Remake is our highlight, $9.40 Australian. Uh, PlayStation, the digital store, our highlight, Skyrim VR, which is a nice reference there, 25 bucks. Dragon Age Inquisition Game of the Year Edition, $9.20. And Snake Pass, which is $6. Swinney, there's a lot of updates around Xbox. Yeah, so we, we're not going to mention everything anymore, but we're going to just yeah. mention the highlights, but there were actually quite a bit of highlights even this week. So these aren't all the games. Uh, well, first of all, Games of Gold, I will still mention all of those. So we've got Resident Evil and Gears 5 are going to be available all February. Uh, Dandara is available from 16th of Feb to 15th of March. Lost Planet 2, which is a 360 game, available from 16th of Feb to 28th of Feb. And Indiana Jones and the Emperor's 2, mm. which is an original Xbox game, is available from 1st of Feb to 15th of Feb. So interestingly, five games. I wonder why they did that this particular month. This this mm. is like the best Xbox mm. games with gold since we've done the podcast, but it feels like for years, right? It's been, yeah, it is the best one in a while. Um, so a long for, while. Yeah. For Game Pass, so they, these aren't all the Game Pass, these are just some highlights. So we've got mm-hmm. Donut County, which is a great game I played recently, is available now on yeah, console. A lot of people are raving about this. I might play it. It's a it's a really fun, short experience. Short game, yeah. So you can what is it about? What What is it? You're, Puzzle game, right? You're, okay. you're an asshole raccoon. Destroying, <laughs> destroying civilization. It's this really is cool. the new yeah. genre. Like awesome. you're, you're a bastard. Awesome trash panda. Untitled goose game. Yeah. So. Uh, Control is available now on PC Game Pass. <laughs> Why didn't they announce this when they did the console one? So annoying. Uh, Cyber Shadow. It's <laughs> pretty obvious. Cyber Shadow, a game that I'm hoping to play through. Oh, Cyber Shadow. So because, I am yeah. going to play this game. It sounds like we're all going to play this. Let's commit yeah, to I playing think we all it. Are. Okay, let's, the let's next week we'll, we would have played it. Yeah. Cool. So that's available 26th of Jan for console and PC. And the medium is available on 28th of Jan for console and PC. So that's a Series X exclusive. I'm going to play that as well. Well, it's not... Well, yeah, Series X exclusive, but then 
PC as well. Yeah, console. When I say, yeah, yeah when we talk about series exclusive, we're talking consoles. And it's the um, first one. It's the first real exclusive. Not the first one, first big, uh, uh, what I'd like call triple big hitter. Triple A, right? Yeah, I, I guess it depends your definition of triple A, but yeah. Uh, um, what was the game that did actually get a console exclusive? I can't remember what the name of it was. Not Yakuza, was it? Well, Yakuza was, uh, but that was also on PS4 as well, just Uh, on PS5. Anyway, so some notable removals uh, on 1st of Feb is Final Fantasy XV and Indivisible. Um, So just a quick... Just just on that before you move on to the PSA, but I got this text because I get alerts for Game Pass on my phone and it texted me or notified me, I should say, oh, Final Fantasy XV is leaving Game Pass. Why don't you get into it? And it's like January 24th and it's leaving, on, <laughs> it's leaving on, and it literally said it's leaving on the 29th of Jan. <laughs> it's the 24th of Jan. And it's like, I mean, if you played 24 seven, you could probably RPG. finish it. By the way, <laughs> what is this game explain? Are flag, they forcing me to play this? A flag. If anyone actually wants, wants to get all the achievements in that game, you cannot play the console version. You have to play the PC version. For Xbox. Oh, why is that? That's a nice PSA. Nice PSA on. Because yeah. because the the comrades multiplayer mode that they added was removed from the console version, so only available <laughs> on the PC version. So it's unachievable achievements. Damn. But but it's a shared achievement list. But here's the annoying ah. part: it's not play anywhere, so the game save doesn't carry across. So you oh, have to you nasty. have to play it on PC. No, um, okay. And so PSA. So a quick PSA. So years ago, there was a whole big range of Microsoft casual games that they released across Windows 8 um, and Windows Phone games. So you can kind of, that's the timeline around when those were a thing. Mm. Um, They're all shutting down their servers in April. So there's a lot of games impacted. Um, So it's games like uh, Microsoft Minesweeper, Jigsaw, Mahjong, sorry, uh, Sudoku, Bingo, and all these kind of games that unfortunately... You can still technically complete them, but they have they'd be very difficult to complete by that date. Legit, well, you wouldn't be able to. You have to actually change the dates of the system to be able to do it. So, oh. but just hmm. a heads up that they're all shutting down their service. So, so wait, you can't play Mahjong or Minesweeper on those phones? Now? No, those specific versions. They're Ooh. yeah. So like, it's we're not talking about the. I don't even know. Is Minesweeper regular Minesweeper isn't even a thing anymore on Windows Ten? Is it? Yeah, no. it's on Windows. Yeah, you can still play it. Okay. Oh yeah, but Windows it's not pre. It's not pre-installed Probably. on mine. But yeah, I don't think they pre-install oh. it, but you can select it yeah. from memory. So, but this mine. was this was one that had like <gasps> daily quests. Like it was a big, a much bigger thing. So they've they're shutting down the service for all hmm. of those. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, let's get into something I'm excited about. So Mike finally mm. has played my favorite game of all time after we kept on whinging about it, Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. Mike, take it away. So you played oh, it take... on the Switch, right? I did play it on the Switch, yeah, which I think is a good place to play it on, save but having an actual SNES, which would have been awesome. And the reason it would have been more awesome, I think, is the controller. I really feel like it would have benefited from having a proper well, SNES controller. Well, you I can know... you can go on the Nintendo store now and buy can. A Super yeah, Nintendo. 30, That's how I play Super Nintendo. Thirty four ninety five for for one one <laughs> off payment of thirty four ninety five. Well, SNES you can jump on and you can buy a world SNES controller. So I think that would have benefited a lot because I used the Joy-Cons because you said that using the Pro Controller was even worse in terms of the D-pad. I don't like the D-pad, but Swinney likes the D-pad. Of the yeah, I like it. Yeah. So so well, I might as well jump straight into the controllers and how the, 
the controls felt. Games have obviously, I wouldn't say they've improved. They've they've been finessed. There's a few things when it comes to controller and the tightness of moving a character around and how forgiving things are nowadays. So I'll use the mm. wall jump as a perfect example. I got the hang of it by the end, but unless it's in the manual, which I was missing, and I'll talk about that in a sec, it doesn't really explain the exact mechanics. It doesn't explain that you kind of need to press the direction change first and then a split second later do that like instinctively i do them at the same time yeah and it just wouldn't wasn't working but that's not explained anywhere so the whole time i'm like man i'm failing i'm failing and once you kind of go oh i need to do it like this and then do this even though it's hard because you 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 know you're fighting against your own instincts that i guess you've learned from subsequent games that you've played because there's other games that have had wall jumping since um and i think it's also that learned behavior that was just different back in that game um, and I remember when I first got the score, the, the screw attack, I think it was. So when you jump, it does the screw and then you can, uh, and then you get the, what, what was the last one? Oh my gosh, I forgot now where it allows you to keep jumping or keep space spinning jump. in the air. The space jump. When I got the space jump, for some reason, again, it's not explained to you that you need to wait till you go down a bit and then press it. It's Wait a, te- a bit. It's a technique, it. though. Like it's they, a technique you do learn. You easy, do learn, but they easily could have made it easier. And I don't think. I think they did that on purpose. I think they. Well, well, that's what I was learn. gonna. So I was gonna say that as well. So so at first I'm like, man, this is annoying. This is this is frustrating. Blah blah blah. But then I went, ah, but wait. This is actually kind of cool because you need more skill to do these things. It's just just some easy thing that they give you, and off you go. And you need to discover these things by yourself. Even though, yes, I may have gone, oh my God, I got this. How do I do this thing? And I message you guys. Yeah, and by the time you even reply, a lot of those I already figured out just because I actually tried it. I don't think I answered uh, any of your questions. I just No, you didn't. You, you were just time. getting pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> you were, it was probably annoying you. So but, did, but I... Yeah? I was going to say, did you discover all the secret techniques that you could do in the game? What are the secret techniques? Like jump, like the, the run jump, where you run and then you, you, you flash and you can fly up. Yes, so that's one yeah, of them. Yeah, I got that one. I got um, that one. And the what other else? one, I think uh, I think it's called Crystal Flash. Wall jumping? Crystal Flash, what was that one? Yeah, so Crystal Flash is... This is one that I don't blame you for not finding it. Um, hmm. So you your energy can't be higher than 49, and reserve mm-hmm. tanks must all be empty and must have mm-hmm. 10 missiles, 10 super missiles and 11 power bombs. And then you actually like perform this super special move where and all your health gets refilled. It's called the Crystal oh, Flash. It's really, really cool. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, I had no idea that even existed. I, I think I only got like 70% of those conditions. I'm not saying you would have found it, but I was just interested to know if you knew well, that. That's, that's not a collectible, but that's just a technique. Oh, that's it's just a technique. technique. That's why I said. Where is that explained, techniques? though, in it's the not, game? Like, that I mean, one that's didn't have. How do you find that out, though? Yeah, but how do you find something like that out? It's like, like randomly you happen to have that number, right? It's like yeah, but that is so obscure. They want to put secrets it's, in, right? That's, I think that's a proper the, secret. That's the crystal like flash. Secret, I yeah. think that's the kind of stuff that you'd read in your Nintendo powers and stuff like that. You'd have to, yeah, you'd read and, that in somewhere like that. Yeah, all your friends say, tell just, you. just on the wall jumping. So the wall jumping is not. I'll say it like this: the wall jumping is not like, you know, the space jump or other parts of the game where it's a core mechanic. It's kind of a secret mechanic yeah it's yeah, explained by the, you know, the animals you know the animals that are in the game yeah yeah, yeah. the animals explain it yeah of course yeah i got right? i saw them do it i'm like yeah, how do yeah, i yeah. get out of here because you can't yeah, get out of that until you learn how to do you it don't, you don't need to get out of there but how do you get up there is the question you have well no right? you do because you can't go to the left from memory 
The only no, way to get out of that place is to go jump up. Is that right, yeah. Sweeney? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to do it. You have to learn the mechanics. So so even though you don't I think you don't have to use it later in the game. I used it in a few places, but I wasn't sure if you actually had to use it there or I kinda shortcut it because I knew the technique. But you have to use it to get out of there. So I'm like, whoa, okay, well you're stuck there. There's also a neat little move that where you can like release I think it's like five bombs at the same time as well which is pretty yes cool. i did that by mistake and i couldn't figure go. out how to there do it go. again and i kept trying i'm like come on <laughs> how do i do this because i released five of them I'm like this is sick this could be so useful against the boss or something oh speaking of bosses since i mentioned them um cool bosses i think i think by now that has evolved a lot i think bosses in sort of subsequent metroidvania inspired games I was going to make the joke at the start of the, the whole thing saying, wow, this is like the fifth best Metroidvania, Metroidvania game I've ever played, but I won't. It's, it's, it's a fantastic game, obviously. Um, but, but yeah, the bosses I felt were, they weren't complex compared to mm. more modern bosses, which I didn't mind. It did make it kind of easy other than I think um, the mother brain, was it the mother brain who was like the last, the last boss? Yeah. 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 Where and especially because you need to conserve as much health as you can when you sm- before you smash the jar and you you attack the brain before it actually turns into a boss. That took a few goes, but then the last the third time I did it, I'm like, oh wait, if I just sit here and I do this, it, it was super easy. Um, and one of the other bosses I think gave me a oh yeah Riley. Riley? Ridley. Ridley, Ridley, sorry. Ridley, Ridley, uh it's not explained a lot either in the game. They don't it's like, hey Ridley, how's it going? It doesn't it's not But I really... like that. It's atmospheric storytelling. No, it's I do, but you know, for someone who doesn't have the manual, for someone who's not into No, I said hasn't really seen the history. Why didn't when? I didn't see it. Shit. What? I texted oh, it saved me a lot of trouble. I was like, texted even me. I didn't get screen- anything. I was taking screenshots no, from it. It's I didn't like- get any texts about it. Signal. I sent it to you, and then even oh. Swinney referred to it. He goes, "Oh, this actually has oh, a lot of the questions chat. you asked." Okay, group chat. Whoops, yeah. I didn't click on that. Sorry, I was probably too busy <laughs> playing the actual game. But you know what? In some ways, in some ways, I actually like the fact that I didn't because other than a, a few small hints that Swinney gave me, mm. a lot of the rest was up to me to try to figure out. Yeah. And it is a kind of game that there's a lot of little things you got to figure out yourself. And I, I really appreciated that. I don't. I think I can see how it would have been a bit of a roadblock to some people, and people would have generally been super stuck if they didn't have a, someone to ask or reference or the Nintendo Mag to read. But I appreciated that because there's so many things. Were like, wow, oh, this is awesome! How I figured this little thing out. And how you can use the technique, like the the bomb jumping, you figure that out by mm. yourself. You don't even need mm. a manual. You're like, oh wait, can I just use bombs to do that? And you do. And the game doesn't explain that anywhere. You just do it, which is really cool. So I find that interesting because a lot of modern games, for for you know better or worse, they they hold your hand a lot more in at least explaining. Like even you know Dark Souls and Demon Souls and stuff. Whilst limited, it still has a mini tutorial. You know, press this to do this, do this to roll, blah blah blah. Like it's. It's, I mean, games. There's a tutorial in it. Games didn't have any kind of, really, any kind of formal tutorial generally. They didn't know until like your Mega Man X's and stuff. And but I guess they did have manuals where a lot of that was explained. Exactly. Didn't exactly. They? Yeah. But you could always play the game, or not always, but generally you could play the game without the manual. Like the most famous cited example was Super Mario Brothers on the NES, where you know basically the first level teaches you mm. most of the techniques you need for the whole game, apart from running. 
um, you know, where it's like, okay, you have to jump and you have to jump a bit further and all this other kind of stuff to be able to get through that level itself. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Metroid's that on, on crack because it's a lot more complex what you can do and the tools available to you are a lot more complex. But what I think I like is that they're staged and they're given to you um, pretty they're generous in terms of the way they're done or the pacing is really, really good. I think Mm. it, in some games, I feel like you get certain abilities too late in the game where it's just like, well, I can't really like, it'd be cool to have had this ability earlier because it would have been fun to use, but it's way late in the game that I got this. Whereas with this, I think the pacing was just really, really well made. I think the screw, um, the screw attack as like the fight as late. No, I think as the final thing is perfectly placed because it's, it's like now you feel like a badass. Whereas the whole game up correct. until this point, you've kind of felt like yeah. you're surviving. Then it's like yeah. now I'm at the end of the game. Now it's my time to really let loose. You know, especially yeah. when you because you get the space jump pretty quickly after that. Sorry. And then you go, okay, well, obviously I'm getting near the end of the game and you can use those tools to go and complete everything you want and you feel a bit way more badass than you did before yeah. and you can go to all the different areas and find the little things and then you can go fight the final boss. So and the, the pace screw is attack, really good. The screw attack is so overpowered in my view. Like it, it, it makes sense for what it is and when it is in the game. Yeah, of course, yeah. And that's, I think for me, that's always what I love about Metroidvania is it's that kind of God complex that I have where it's, you play through it and you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then when you go back and backtrack, you just pulverize the, yeah. the enemies that you come into. It's You're satisfying. Like, I'll just jump it's, into you and destroy you. It's <laughs> such yeah. a satisfying, yeah. uh, satisfying progression. And I think that's what makes this game really, really good. It's just, it's really well paced, really satisfying progression. Um, cool, different abilities to use. Um, the music was really good too. It really reminded me of um, of a lot of games from sort of that early to mid '90s, that sort of era, that MIDI soundtrack. And it's strange. Some of the games, one of my favorite games growing up was was the Ultima series, and I remember specifically in mm. Ultima Eight. There's a few tracks in in Metroid where I'm like, this kind of sounds very similar to some tracks that I remember in this game. So I made it even cooler to listen to. The only thing is, I don't know if it's just me. I, I'm assuming it's not me. The volume of the SNES game package thing I what is it even called like the, the snes you know game with the collection yeah. is lower than the system volume so i had to really crank up the volume on the switch to get the same level that i would get in other games okay. but then everything else was really loud so it's it's a small thing that i don't know it's probably more just not so much the game but just that um so yeah anything else you guys thought well what, what would you give this game out of 10 well so here's the thing it's because I played it so late and there were so many other games before it that were inspired sure. by it. So I need to take all those factors into account. But the, to me, the very fact that I finally had a game that I put more than those, you know, under five hours in, mm, I actually true. kept on wanting to play it. And I kept wanting to go back to it. And I kept wanting to figure out how do I get past this part? What do I do in here? You know, like, oh man, where do I go next kind of thing? I That's actually pretty rare... <laughs> with my ADHD or whatever the hell is causing this, it's really rare for me to keep wanting to go and do that. But with this game, like, I just want to see what happens next. I want to see what mm. ability I get next. I want to see what the next thing is. And I had no story or anything. Like, it wasn't like I was trying to figure out what happens next in the story because really, there isn't a story in this game, really. It was more that I just wanted to see what the game gives me next. Mm. And to me, that's a huge thing. So, like, I would give it... Um, I would give it, like, a solid 9. 
Nine and a half. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's actually more than I thought you'd give it, to be honest. Really? No, I thought yeah. it was excellent because I played a whole bunch of different Metroidvania games. And to me, this is still, now that I've played it and I can see why it's inspired so many other games after it. And I have to keep remembering when this game was released and the kind of games that were out there and the fact that all the other games that I played didn't exist back then. When you, when you look at all those factors, this thing would have been amazing back then. And it was like, also it, such, it a, such a... Hmm? I was, was going to say, there's also such a big amount of time before a lot of these Metroidvanias really came to be. Like, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Symphony of the Night and stuff like that, but it wasn't until in the last 10 years that we really saw this Metroidvania genre really take off, you know? Yeah, it it's is. So and it's still one of the best ones, by the way, I think. I, like I remember, play, yeah, I remember talking it. to you, Sweeney, like 10, 15 years ago, and I'm like, I just want games like Super Metroid. Like, <laughs> no one's making these kind of games. I remember thinking about it so much. And, then, like, oh. and then Shadow Complex came along, and you're yeah. like, yeah, there we go. I want to play that next. I was obsessed I've, about that game. I yeah, love that game. so good. Same. I've I finished that game, game twice. Yeah. Like, I love that game Mike. so much. And th- it was really funny, because I just wanted to say that, you know, when they announced the backwards compatibility of the PS5, and people were like, ah, oh, who gives a shit? It's, and Shadow Complex was on there. It's I'm one like, of the ones that I don't <laughs> have. I know. They have patched it, so now you can play oh, they on have. the PS5. Sweet. Yes. The, yeah. yeah, Mike, I'd be interested for you to replay at least, you know, a bit of Shadow Complex and just be like, yeah. wow, this is Wait, basically this is Super Metroid. Metroid. This, is, this is risk-skin Metroid. What it, the hell? <laughs> no, it adds lots of its own cool stuff, but it's yeah, like, no, it, it is otherwise yeah. basically Super Metroid, which is cool. What? That's the other funny thing. I feel like... So many of the Metroidvanias pay homage to Super Metroid and Metroid. Oh yeah, like, with the the design of, of certain parts of their levels, it's almost like a bit of a nod to like they have it in Ori in the Blind Forest. Like almost all the Metroidvanias I've played in the last few months have had one or two references, like very obvious huh. references. So you probably notice that in games going forward, Metroidvanias where you're like, oh, I can see they're referencing something in Super Metroid here. But you know the best thing about it? Even though it was the original, I still think it's by far one of the best. Like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Yeah, maybe even the best Metroidvania game that I've played. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It just... It, it works so well. Like, everything about it is... It just... The, the complexity yet the simplicity of it at the same time is just works really, really well. Like, yeah. I, you- I think they the developers... Just did such a phenomenal job. Did you like the like the ending sequence and how it all that played out with the Metroid and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Poor little. And the Metroid. most and important the... question is: Did you save the animals? Ah, yes. You he, can do that. He doesn't know about the animals. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot the animals, about him. Mike. So did you get the one dead. pixel flying away from <laughs> the planet? So to my... indicate that you saved the animals. Don't. Think I, wait, right. do you have to do something specific? Right, to can save I just them? can I explain this? I'm a bad now. What have so I done? I'm on, a monster. So, and this has become such a legendary thing from this game that it spurned <laughs> this whole other thing I mentioned afterwards. But, um, so during the ending sequence of Super Metroid, where you're escaping the time sequence and you go up the giant vertical shaft in, uh, yep. I forget the criteria, whatever the first area is. There's a one pixel place where you like a one block place you can bomb and get in there, and then you actually the animals that helped you out to teach you those moves early in the game, the ones bouncing off the walls and the ones that taught you the oh my god, you actually save them, and well, when the planet (laughs) blows up, you see their ship flying away. That's like one pixel. Ah, it's like a one pixel ship flying in a different direction. What that has led to is 
uh, Games Done Quick, the massive speedrunning event, they have these huge bidding wars on whether or not they save the animals. <laughs> or they, well, they used to call it kill the animals. I think they call it something else now. But basically, because think speedrunners, that's, that's, that's time wasted. So people bid, yeah. and it goes to charity whether or not the speedrunner has to <laughs> take the time to save the animals in Super Metroid. Because Super Metroid is traditionally, awesome. traditionally done as the finale of Games Done Quick. So it's this big thing where it's like, and people are chanting, save the animals or kill the animals or whatever. And it's actually really fun to watch. So. Wow. Well, you technically, hang on, hang on. This is, this is the, uh, the train track moral dilemma. You're not killing them. You're just not saving them. Well, I think they changed it. To, I think they changed it to save the frames these days. Okay. okay. So, oh, save the frames or save the animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like that. So I think for me, like this is definitely my favorite game of all time, and wow. I think it's going to be a real big challenge to knock it off because Metroidvanias are probably my favorite genre. Well, they they are my favorite genre. Like I shouldn't say probably. They are definitely my favorite genre, and games these days i feel like they just won't allow a game to be quote-unquote this short you know this game is like short yeah five to six hour completion i don't know how it's five to six even i thought i was really (laughs) quick through it and i i was using save states in a couple of times to save me a little bit of time so i don't have to keep you know falling down and jumping back up how how can you do it that quick i thought i was pretty quick (laughs) but did you get 100 percent completion no, oh, I didn't okay. even get it. I was got, I got like seventy percent only. 70%. So how do people okay. get Mike get that? There's actually an inbuilt time. like special ending or ending sequence that for beating the game under two hours. I think it is. Yeah, you'd like how? to see that. Mike. You'd like yeah. to see that. I guess I just mucked around more than I thought I did backtracking. And stuff. But anyway, like you know, as you said, it's mm. relatively a shorter game than a lot of the games. It, that get released it's still short. Nine hours is still pretty short. Yeah. And that's my challenge because I personally don't like when games are extended for me for no reason it's like mm. just kind of repeating the same stuff over and over again there you go and mike overstays the welcome i've linked you a thing if you scroll down halfway you'll see the super metroid endings uh so it's mm-hmm. under three hours so the best ending quite under three hours is samus in her like i guess outside of her suit <laughs> yeah wow ready for the beach or something like that right oh ooh, ooh la la anyway um <laughs> mike's pissed <laughs> Now Mike's going to play it again. Try to beat it under three hours. Try to beat it under three hours, Mike. So yeah, I I think that's why it's always going to be a challenge for me to ever knock this off my favorite game of all time because no one's going to be brave enough to make a you know six seven hour triple A game like this. Why why don't you make one? No, I'm not. Let's take too much. No, but here's the thing: it takes too much time. But this is a game that nowadays you could make. A single person could make yeah, this game Yeah, but it still takes 10 years. Like, there was a guy who made um, AM2R, mm. so Metroid 2, so Samus mm. Returns on the Game Boy, he remade it in Game Maker Studio. Yeah. And it took him, like, 10 years to make it. And then wow. when, once he released it, my, uh, Nintendo cease and desisted him. <laughs> oh, of course. They yeah, did. and it was such but, a... It was a really, really good remake of Metroid 2. Like, Yeah, so fantastic. much so he got a job in the game industry after huh. that. Yeah. Awesome. He never worked in the game industry before it. So, he, to be fair, he did get collaborators by the end of the game. Um, but that's really cool. I've played Still, that. that really is really cool. cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, it does take a long, long time to make. Because these games are so intricate in terms of how they all fit together, like a bit of a puzzle piece. So That's probably, yeah, that's the hardest part. And the testing that has to go in and so you don't break things. And yeah. how do you redevelop an area late, later? 
that you've already done when you come up with a new mechanic or something yeah. or it's like so it's super interesting it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle. but i think I'm, I'm with you like i don't know if i'd say these are my favorite games i'd say the souls like souls games mm. Souls like souls games my okay. favorite probably <laughs> maybe but this would come a close second and this game itself i just uh, i'm sure you can tell absolutely loved it yeah i guess that's really, what really i mean cool. i wish i played it in 94 mix but it is a bit of a mix, but it's different. So both Swinny and I obviously played Hollow Knight mm. and I did not enjoy it anywhere near as much. Again, kudos to, what is it, three developers that did Team it? Cherry. Team Cherry. Yeah. In Adelaide. Amazing, amazing achievement. Maybe it was just a little too hard for me and too mm. frustrating in parts that it just didn't, didn't. I, look, and I got pretty fun. I never that fully finished me. it, but if I got it's too really. Hard. It scares me if you say it's too hard because hard, you're met- actually a very skilled gamer. Well, so like, geez. it's, much, it wasn't it's like, much harder than Super Metroid. It's, it's harder, yeah. It's way harder than Super Metroid, I think. Well, Super and Metroid's it's, not hard. It yeah. wasn't as fun. I think ultimately the problem that I had with the game it just wasn't as fun. Mm. And I think one of the things that just I remember frustrating me was, and maybe that's why I never got into Shovel Knight, was like the pogo stick mechanic where you have to, in oh, order yeah. to get to certain places you had to jump off, you had to like go downwards and quickly like attack down. And maybe it's just the switch or something. It, the controllers aren't, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I, I can't get used to doing that yeah, fast not, enough the switch that it became frustrating. Yeah, they're not so maybe that's why, yeah, it just became a little too frustrating to mm-hmm. do it. Um, but anyway, awesome right. game, play it. It's yeah, no, playing, that's, that's, I'm honest, glad that yeah. you finally played it, and you know, it seems like you're pretty, pretty big on it. So. Thanks for taking yeah. the time to play one of our favorite games, Mike. Yes, no, thank you for. That. I legit, legit appreciate the fact that you guys got me to play this, and then I could finally feel like, yeah, I've played this, loved it. I that's really cool. wish I played it back in '94. It would have been such an awesome experience. Yeah, it was a very cool game. All right, well, let's wrap up the show for this week. Uh, as always. If you want to help us out, reach out to us or give us a five-star review on your podcast service of choice. I think I'll be uh, dodgy and I'll start publishing some of the results from my bots. So I might start publishing when PS5s are available, Xbox Series Xs, when the Monster Hunter Amiibo are available on the Nintendo Store, all the hard stuff to get. Um, So you'll probably start seeing that in the Twitter feed and other feeds, but Again, you know, probably the biggest thing to help us out is uh, reach out to us, interact with us, and then also tell your mates, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog to subscribe. That will always help us. And if you need a pool cleaned, give me a call. (laughs) You look like so much like Dave Grohl. All right, with that, uh, bye-bye. Ciao.